YoMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. Episode 25 of the OMTG Taps, in case you didn't hear my whispered intro. Um, I'm gonna, i got to figure out a good place to put the podcaster, because we have four people. It's an people. iPod Touch. It is also... The Podcaster, the podcaster 5000. something straight out of Star Wars, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But me and, me and my friend wanted to go to the Tiger Station to pick up some podcasters. Like, what? Up top. We were going to do a band when I was in Texas called Tashi Station and the Power Converters. I love that. <laughs> Done. Snap steel. So as you, as you can tell, uh, this is Joey Pasco, Big Head Joe's with me, we've got Dave Heilker from O2Drop, and John Ugald from O2Drop What's also happening? with us. So uh, Dave Heilker from Top8Drop.com. Top8Drop, yeah. yeah. I made Top8Punk.com. <laughs> so uh, before before we get started, um, I, I had a, something special planned. We did get started already, though. Oh, but I'm saying before we actually get into our... It's all good. Do you guys want to do a cracker pack? Okay. Like, each of us will open a pack, and then we'll decide which card we would take first. I'm in. Cool. Like, in draft? Yeah, it's assuming this is a draft. Okay, so it's not a situation where we've stolen the pack from a little kid. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Okay. So, uh, here. Oh, snap. (laughs) All right. So we reveal... We reveal what set it is after uh, after we've cracked. Yeah. Yeah. How, um, how are we doing this? Yeah. Are you, oh look, my, oh I think mine's mine's been fixed. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have a Ronaldo so in here. Is mine. Like, <laughs> oh no, it's already got a split in it. So. so we just opened up some packs here. Okay. So let's see. Uh, can I read? I'll read my cards first. Um, I've got. Wait, wait, wait. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to just you know. Uh, explain to people that these packs only have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cards. <gasps> Is this that's what set could it be? Fallen Empires, Legends, Alliances, The Dark, maybe Beta. Beta didn't have nine cards. I, don't know. I think I don't know. wasn't the rare slot like Islands some of the times. <laughs> some of the times, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you'd end up with like what a lottery, three, like three <laughs> underground seeds in the back of the box. People think the Jace lottery's bad. Oh my god! The next day, cracking a lotus. To Did your you ever watch the video the, on yeah, YouTube of that guy opens the beta and fucking <laughs> starter deck? It has like yeah. seven lands in it. Death lace. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> like, hey, here comes the rare slot. Island, forest, swamp. <laughs> Terrible. Awesome. So okay. So my my cards here. What's the rare? How do you know what's the rare? It doesn't matter. You're I know drafting. The I know you're the rare, rare drafting. Oh, there we go. My the rare. It must be the turquoise. Oh my gosh, you got red carded, son. <laughs> Dude, I got so many reds and one. I don't know if it's green blue. or blue. Is it blue? Blue. Yeah. Blue. Okay. Because uh, this is clearly green. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. There's no so um, These okay. Packs so are fixed. Shit. Yeah. So I've got Eddie Mc, McGoldrick, Chris White, Alan Smith. And it's funny, like, I was going to make a joke and say, but they're all white, but Chris White isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that he's a gentleman of the darker persuasion? (laughs) He is, in fact. No, uh, Alan Smith, David Kerslake, and Jerry Mc... You said David Kerslake? McElhinney. Well, that's three referees in my pack. That's awful. (laughs) 
I, I, think, I think Chris White is obviously not mythic. So, so what are you? Uh, I actually, I actually clearly cracked the best set, uh, the best pack. Uh, are we, are we saying what these are yet? This is 1990, 1991 collector cards, collectors cards for pro set. The official card of the Football Association, so, aka for those of you who are not from. Europe, um, Europe uh, soccer, yeah. um, <laughs> and these cost thirty p. That's pence, yeah. yeah. right? Yeah. So what's that like seventy cents in America? I don't know. At this point, it's like twenty dollars. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so my pack features Gary Owers, Brian Gunn, Paul Lake, Anders Lamar, Paul Ramsey. Peter Reed and Ronnie Rosenthal and Trevor Francis and one other player and this is the one that I would clearly snap pick first clearly the mythic rare of the set Julian Dix no no um, no, no, no man and that's full blown spelled D-I-C-K-S <laughs> and you'll notice that uh, Julian Dix plays for West Ham United but also he has Defender <laughs> wow <laughs> I, know. Did, look, I think I may have pulled the best rare of the set Vinnie Jones, the Vinnie Jones from FG. That's Bullet Tooth Tony. It's Bullet Tooth Tony. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. We really did. Oh my god, you guys did it. He was a referee. I don't know if that's no. These are referees. referees. <laughs> I just was joking. That looks strong. just like him. All right, it is him. Uh, no, it really is. That's it's, his name. Vinnie Jones. Jones. He was a soccer player, uh, a football player before he was an actor in Snatch Epic. and. Uh, oh, that's totally. That is awesome. That's him. You win. <laughs> All right, so called Vinnie Jones. And out awesome. come Yule says, replica. <laughs> and mine says, Desert Eagle, point five zero. <laughs> Best movie. All right, so That's, mine now. is Tom Selleck. <laughs> Tom, Tom Selleck obviously won an invitational because I have <laughs> I think that would be my first pick. Yeah. With the yellow gloves, too. <laughs> the yellow gloves. Nice. But look at Dix's shorts. Like, seriously? Oh, my God. <laughs> if your last name is Dix, your shorts really need to be that short. And if your shorts are that short, and your last name's Dix, and there's nothing showing... Like, really? Like, really? I'm, I'm honestly... Like, you don't want to, like, live up to your name? Yeah. It's pretty awful. You put bullet to Tony. Amazing. That needs to go. That needs to be. I want to open all these packs now. I have a whole bunch of these. These need to be soldier tokens for the Auspex. Absolutely. Yeah. I need more. If you you have just Vinnie Jones, that's balling out of control. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, I'm gonna take David Kerslake because, like you said, it sounds most like Kozlak. Yeah. Make sure you shuffle him up before you pass him. I'm just kidding. Okay. So we had a pretty crazy weekend. Yeah. A lot going on. We had. uh, Grand Prix Sendai was the arguably the largest event happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. What and, was the attendance? Uh, or do you know? Nine hundred something. Yeah, I didn't check the attendance, but okay. Brian Kibler he he won that one um, without a sport coat. I think we should know. Yeah, right. He's not that, in fact wearing a sport coat. In yeah, that's pretty pretty yeah. nuts. That was his secret tech. I think mm-hmm. they nobody recognized him, so they didn't play as tight. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're like this can't be the Brian Kibler. It must be some other Brian Kibler. Uh, so he goes, uh, he, he takes Next Level Bant, which is the deck he played at uh, GPDC, makes some modifications to it, which basically are uh, add, add another Elspeth mm-hmm. in place of a Gideon, add two Sphinx of Lost Truths. Uh, main cut, deck, right? Yeah, he's a main deck. He cut a Ranger, okay. um, and he cut a, uh, well, there were, there were three Jaces main. Mm-hmm. He cut the Jace from the sideboard. I, I don't even remember if he was playing mm-hmm. Jace in the sideboard at GPDC, okay. but there's no Jace in his sideboard. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, I don't think but yeah, he's, he's got, yeah, he's got like a single, uh, borderline ranger in the deck. Um, 
essentially the the biggest thing I think is just upping the Elspeth count and then adding the Sphinxes, mm-hmm. um, and that seemed to push him over the top. He goes undefeated day one, along mm-hmm. with uh, with Yuya Watanabe and Katsuhiro Mori, both running mm-hmm. either the same or very similar versions mm-hmm. of the deck, which I think they got from him. Okay. Like they, they all audible, uh, yeah. And all three of them went undefeated day one. Kibler obviously made top eight, and um, so did uh, Watanabe. Okay. Uh, both made top eight, so pretty interesting stuff. That deck is kind of uh, show, it's showing its power now, really. I mean, it didn't, it didn't make such a great showing at GPDC. I mean, nobody top eighted with it. Kibler, what was he like? 17. I don't want to say his name wrong. Uh, Gal Dennis Vidigaris. Oh, Gal Dennis Vidigaris. Or uh, yeah. Vidigaris. I think he was, he was uh, on the bubble, and he lost to the guy playing Blue-Eyed Planeswalkers, which lost to Josh Wagner in the top oh, okay. eight. Um, so I think... And he was playing the next level. Band, he, I think he was playing the exact 75 yeah, shape. And was... so I think if he would have, of course, won that game and not drew... And drew more than two lands that game. I think he would have been in top eight, and yeah. I think people would have gave the deck more respect then, as opposed to now. I think they have to. Like, right, it's, right, it's real. Well, people were saying it's a hard deck to play, mm-hmm. and um, and considering like it kind of just showed up, you know, at GPDC, yeah. uh, I think that might have ha- contributed to the fact that some of the players that played it at GPDC didn't actually do as well with it as they wanted, because a lot of them might not have had as much practice. I mean, I think Chapin and Sperling were the we, ones. We put it together on on, um, on day one at GPDC. We got the list, um, or a buddy of mine got the list from Sam Black, and we put it together just to test against, because uh, my friend wanted to play it at the PTQ the next day. And we what we found, at least while we were testing it, was it just felt like you had overwhelming, like, it just felt overwhelming to play against it, you know, like, there was a lot of stuff going on on the other side of the board, but, like, there were, there felt like there were a lot of vulnerabilities, so it looks like Kibler worked a, a lot of those out, um, and gave it, it, made it, I think, a little bit more aggressive, um, you know, the Sphinx is nice, because it, because the deck, in its older form, was certainly very susceptible to Flyers, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, having the Sphinx is nice, because you've got the Vengevine deal, plus, uh, you know, in the mirror, I feel like that shores that up. Plus, you don't just get blowed out by, you know, like a, you know, random, you know, Birds of Paradise or a Broodmate Dragon or something. Yeah. And it's pretty sick to, you know, to have a Sphinx in your hand, mm. uh, you know, and maybe have, you know, having gotten wrathed on maybe mm. turn turn five or something mm. like that, turn six, drop a Sphinx, mm. you know, drawing three cards, maybe discarding more Venge Vines. You might have already had mm. a Venge Vine, but just to... Drop a Sphinx and have a Vengevine or multiple Vengevines hit the board mm-hmm. because you've dropped, like, say, Sphinx and Noble Hierarch or something yeah. like that. And now mm-hmm. suddenly, like, just after a Wrath, they're mm-hmm. facing down several Vengevines and the mm-hmm. Sphinx, is, Sphinx is just standing there like, what, I'm coming at you next turn. Yeah, I think I think what's awesome is, like, they basically, they wanted to make it a Vengevine deck and they put all mm-hmm. the cantripping, the Seagate Oracles, the Jace in there to find Vengevine as, as, you know, as fast as possible as many right. of them. And the Sphinx does that. It pretty much is like a Jace for five mana. Yeah. That's a 3-5 that has awesome synergy and can be kicked late game, like with Attrition Wars. Like, it's. I think the, the things that Kibler did to the list are amazing, and of course it's probably... Right. You know. Well, the other, I mean, the, and one thing that we, like, I mean, we were trying to figure out what was going on with the deck. We, we originally looked at it, you know, before the, uh, before the Sphinx was there. What they've done here is they've taken Naya, and they said, you know... All these cards with red mana symbols aren't nearly as good as Jace. And then they put in a bunch of good blue cards. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, because Vengevine, you know, just a really great card. But then the other thing, you know, none of the creatures... The, the, the best, you know, the best thing about the deck is none of the creatures can be uh, 
profitably bounced with Jace almost. You know, with the exception of like noble hierarchs and birds. Like you can't you can't bounce a Sphinx or a Well of Omens or a Ranger or I mean except Scoop Mob maybe, but I mean at that point if you've got a Scoop Mob like you probably Ranger and a Mob yeah, and you have card advantage already. Exactly. There's a lot going on. So it's 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 a really cool deck. I like it a lot. Yeah, I uh, um I ended up playing a version of it at mm. uh, the Star City Games standard open on mm-hmm. Saturday, which we'll get to next, but uh, without the Sphinxes, mm-hmm. um, just trying to play like the more original version. I played Tom Martell's version, just mm-hmm. straight, okay. like, did you just play one island? Yeah. But, uh, I had no mana trouble at all. I mean, did uh, you, did, did, like, like, Chapin even said that that's wrong? Yeah, he did, he did say that, was, that's, that's that he wrong. felt like it was wrong, but I didn't have any issues. I don't think anybody tectonic-edged anything. Maybe, maybe somebody tectonic-edged, like, mm-hmm. a, a Celestial Colonnade, but okay. if anything, like, they were playing spreading seas on my colonnades, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm like, oh, I didn't have, islands. yeah, exactly. I'm like, whatever. Oh, I'm, so I'm, I wasn't having. I'm just saying, like, I wasn't having any issues getting blue mana at all. There was never a point where I was, I was mana or color screwed at all. Uh, Mr. Opponent, for the purposes of this match, uh, any uh, enchantment dash auras for enchant lands that you have uh, have flash. I'm going to search <laughs> up a land. Do you have any effects while I'm searching the land out? Oh, oh you're making an island sweet. Call on. There it is. No, I just, yeah, it just, I didn't have any issues with the, with the mana, but, uh, but I think the, the addition of Sphinx would definitely make a huge mm-hmm. difference. And mm-hmm. being able to bounce it with your own Jace, which we yeah. just, you know, watch Dave do, although I think, was that, that was, that was in game two that, no, that was in game, game one, game one, one, game one. So, against, uh, against Joe. Yeah, I, I, yeah. the, the thing that I'm, that I'm <clears> hearing, and I, I played, uh, against it, um, uh, against it yesterday playing a Winnebox, uh, at the 5K, and, did you win a box? Huh? I played Polymorph. Answer <laughs> being no. Um, so with respect to Craig Wesco. Right? Oh yeah, it was it was pretty much it was like his seventy two. Um, so, <laughs> so did you get some game losses for uh, <laughs> twelve yeah, cards? In your yeah, level? I thought sideboard could be twelve cards. Um, so, but uh, I heard it it doesn't have the best matchup against Mythic, and I heard. Jun might be a little bit shaky. I mean, I just heard it just dominates blue white and planeswalkers. Really, like it's just not even like yeah. Tom Martell when he LCQ'd for it. I think he played blue white nine or ten times and didn't drop a match. Yeah, and he, then he lost and he lost one to John in like fifth round or whatever. But he just beat every, every blue white yeah. deck. I played against it in the five k, um, and it was it was like a blowout for playing me. conscription. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just let's just get it, into five k. Let's just start talking. I just want to boom five k. Yeah. It's the Star City Star Games, City Games open. open. But yeah. see, the standard is five k, and the legacy is five k. We're right. just talking about the standard part. Mm-hmm. So Star City Games standard five k seems appropriate. Yeah, and, and this is for the people that know. This was in Philadelphia last weekend. And that's a city yeah. in Pennsylvania. Um, Pennsylvania, um, yeah, northeast. Mason, uh, across the Mason Dixon. So that's like the Mid Atlantic, right? I believe so. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay, yeah. sweet. Pretty much. So, uh, so, so, top eight of that included Dave Heilker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Top yeah. eight of that event. Yeah. Um, we are going to have. Uh, I, I I recorded a bunch there. Okay, cool. Haven't decided exactly where I'm going to put it in the podcast. Mm, sure. <clears throat> Maybe right after I say this. All right, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> the best would be if you just waited till at some other juncture in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just jump. You might just do that, right? <laughs> just stop, and then nothing happened, and we're back. So, uh, so yeah, I guess let's. Uh, the the winning deck was uh, what Max Williams yeah. playing Mythic Conscription yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were three in the cup. You you obviously probably have a lot mm-hmm. more information than, than um, you, so go ahead and talk. 
tell us about it. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, like, um, I was running really super hot, you know, throughout the day. Um, I went uh, X1 and 1, and my uh, my one loss was it was to the mirror, and it was one of the other guys who top-aided. Um, <clears throat> the, then I got to top-8, and I was, I'd been, you know, kind of riding the Adderall wave all day, and fatigue starts to set in, and... Like, we had just discussed how to sideboard the match and how to, you know, play the mirror and stuff. And I played this, uh, this, uh, uh a 17-year-old kid in, in top eight who was good, you know, all yeah. respect to him. He was a real cool kid. Like, it was his first 32K event. I was, you know, really happy for him. Um, but he, uh, like, game one, he, he drops finest hour. And so I have him on, uh, Mythic Classic, if you will. Right, uh, Classic yeah. Mythic, right? And, uh, and so... So uh, I end up I end up beating him game one in in what was pretty much it was a blowout right what did you say was, uh, you 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 blew him out in game one yeah 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 and then and then game two <laughs> you dropped sovereigns and did yeah, that yeah, okay <laughs> um, and then and then game two after siding I was like I you know I've got to count for sovereigns but I couldn't like just just let that dictate my game because you got to be more aggressive and then I like you know drew my hand and it was like I was like oh, land hierarch. Fetch land, planeswalker, planeswalker, planeswalker. This is this is gas. Let's do this. Uh, and then I lost that one when a uh, when a sovereigns came down. And then in game three, um, I uh, I drew my hand and I was like, I was like land hierarch. And unfortunately, I got into like some sort of. All right, you're getting tired. Snap, keep anything with land and a hierarch. So <laughs> it was just um, it, it it was it was just dumb. But uh, you know, I it just kind of punted it. But it was. It was cool. We got uh, we got top eight pins, um, yeah, right. and that was the first time that Star City had done that. I would is, say best part of the tournament. Other, than, I mean, the money is whatever, but the <laughs> pin is. I mean, you know, listen. In in three days, when I spend the money, or the money's already spent. Let's just, <laughs> let's, just let's just be honest here. The money's already spent. Um, but uh, but you know, the pin. I mean, there's 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 uh, there's some prestige that goes with that. I mean, it's not like it's not like anything that I'm you know like. Woo! I got a pin, boss. You know, you put it in your uh, it play mitt. I'm not gonna put it. On, I don't you know what you actually should do? What's that? To um, I mean, because like you know, I I look at that when people put the pin on there. It's like, oh, somebody luck sacked into a top eight yeah, once. Yeah. Um, you know, like <laughs> you say that? No, no, no. That's what I think, though. I'm like, good luck. Oh, somebody obviously luck sacked you, scrub. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just like you know. Like, like, oh, you know, obviously, like, someone who actually makes top eights frequently isn't going to put their one top eight yeah. in on their mm-hmm. on their friggin' play mat. Right. So, like, I'm just like, oh, are you trying to intimidate me? Of course that's cute. Yeah. What you should do mm-hmm. is, like, sit down across from your opponent and take the pin out and just <laughs> smash it into your forehead. <laughs> just, like, it's just, like... Home the thing straight you in. All over my head. Like, <laughs> uh, you forgot to untap that, bro. <laughs> it's just like bleed, bleed out <laughs> all over yourself. It's like Tyson getting I'll that keep... tattoo on his yeah, face yeah. like the week before yeah. a fight. The okay. guy, did you watch that fight? No, it lasted I didn't, twenty no. seconds. The guy was just like, "Screw this!" and just like fell down <laughs> like this. Like I ain't fighting this fool. Yeah. Like uh, the most intimidating thing that's ever been done in sports. I oh think. yeah, no, that's I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Like how how do you beat getting a tattoo on your face? And that's not even the like. Remember when he got it first? It was just like half of what's on there now. Yeah. And like now it's like it's like he's he's Harvey Dent at this juncture. <laughs> The, the tribal is just consuming his yeah. face. Yeah. What tribe are you from? <laughs> Maniac? Like, it is ridiculous. Oh, man. But, um, oh, so anyway, um, 
But uh, yeah, congrats to was you said Max. Yeah, uh, Williams? Max Williams. I yeah, congrats to Max Max Williams on that. Um, it was yeah, it was a cool event. Um, I don't really. I mean, Star City like they run the best events like bar none. Like Legion events does a really good job too. Um, they usually run nationals. Um, in, like but, Midwest. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the Midwest Ma- Midwest Masters, they're really good too. I like them right. a lot. They run the Magic Crew, so I mean. That, oh, do that. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought Star City would run that. No, That's not no, their it's, event. It's all Legion. Yeah, oh, so is uh, Legion's qualifiers just something they do like in concert with Legion? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty, I had no idea that that was the case, but yeah, I mean, those two are the people that I like that I've had experience with that I would be like, they are effing amazing. Like it's always so efficient. Like you can you can hear what's going on. You know, like stuff like that. It's just it's it's really really great. Um, but um, so yeah, there was there was uh, the the standard five K. I mean, I like my list a lot. Um, I really I really feel like if I had uh, see I I don't know because I feel like this is correlative. Mm-hmm. It seems that when I'm a little tired going into uh, into a big event. Mm-hmm. I do a lot better, but I feel like that can't be suggestive of how it re- like how it should be. Like I I need to get more rest, but I'm not doing well at tournaments where I'm well rested. So it's just like, I, it, like I said, I think that's just like a coro- uh, there's no correlation there, and it's, it's yeah. you know yeah, yeah we had we had uh, what six people in the hotel, and we got a combined hours of uh, eight hours total sleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> between six of you. Yeah. Um, so it was just it was uh but it was a good time. I had a really 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 good time. Uh, I I really like standard right now too. It's it's it it's, seems um, really good. Oh, I also got to max points just about everyone I played. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you read the article um, the from last week <laughs> where I I uh, I asked my friend after after uh, I was one in three in the Grand Prix, and you know obviously no hope of day twoing, um, and I say to my friend Kurt, um, I say Kurt, I just went one in three. I just got my third loss. I was like. Do I do I drop? <laughs> Which is not at all in the philosophy of the website because that's zero two. You can't have wins if you're going to drop right there. <laughs> yeah. Or do I just just say f my rating and try to go out in a blaze of glory? And Kurt just looks at me. He's like blaze of glory, and then walks off. And I'm like blaze of glory, no drop, right? End up going two and six. I just <laughs> like after like just having this awful slump of just like losing at 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 all times, like and just like basically bending my rating over. I get it, I finally get it back up to like seventeen ninety right before the uh, the GP. Come back home sixteen twenty. Um, so going into Saturday, I, I'm sixteen twenty. Like I literally am, am three or four FNM wins away from being brand new at the game. And, and I just was like, like I played someone around one max points. Played someone around two max points. I'm just like, man, I got a fourth. I, I might be qualified for worlds on rating <laughs> just, just based on how many points I stole over the weekend. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, but that I, it's just a. Um, I mean, not a shameless plug here, but. But uh, I really do think that you know a lot of the, a lot of the writing I've done, it, not in that like my articles help me out a lot, but like thinking thinking uh, a lot more about stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know when I write stuff like like you know hanging out with you guys and 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 just talking you know shop a lot more. You know, uh, being really active on Twitter. I mean as as oddball like social networking fanboys that sounds. Um, it's you just have access to so much information and just like kind of. The website's really helped in that the community kind of there and, like, the community we've tried to develop, you know, regionally has just been really, really responsive. We've been testing a lot more consistently and things like that. It's just been really, it's been really solid. You brought up something. Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say that's exactly what we've been saying to each other. Right. It's like, you know, doing our podcast, like, like my, okay, like, like I was, I don't know if I told you this, like, Lara Reborn Mm pre-release, my rating was like 1440. Yeah, you told me. You know what? Yeah, 
Like, and I'd been playing for 14 years, right? And, and Did someone just sign you up to FNMs and you just didn't play? When Joe started, the way it worked was you got 100 points for every year you played. So, you start, everyone started zero. at zero, and Joe had just been playing for 14 no years. Yeah. No, uh, but, no, but so, like, no, basically what I did was I played um, mono green for, like, seven years. Oh, never mind, that um, and then And I just didn't, I stopped playing standard for, like, Five years because I couldn't play my Yavmayans anymore. Um, <laughs> they rotated. Me I'm, pissed. I'm pissed. It wasn't true. They rotated, <laughs> and I was like, well, I, 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 yeah. I did. I straight up did. I was like, I'm not playing standard. I'm like, I want to play whatever cards I want to play. It's not fair that I have to spend this money that I don't even have on cards that I can't even afford. And then, like, when I got my four, and I'll play a Yav of my aunt. There were no four. Joe jumps feet first in the vintage. He's just like, let's do it! And, uh. With Yav of my aunt, that is like. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, I didn't actually, like, pick up the cards to, uh, play vintage. But anyway, and I. Traded like crap, and I didn't really follow any sort of coverage or anything. I had no idea what was going on in standard. You would like follow spoilers. That was about as even even that. Like you would just look at spoilers and be like, "Oh, that'd be awesome! I'm gonna combine this card with this card and mill you out." Yeah, and I was gonna play mill. Um, and I played mill for like another five or six years. Um, so that's basically what happened. I didn't really care about my rating, and I and I, I used to show up at uh, Legends every once in a while and play. But it wasn't like too often. You'd but be then, like, like the the guy with the with the uh, life gain back, right? Yeah, exactly. I was Aww. that guy. You know, I was I was I was the the scrub who would show up every week and play whatever the hell I wanted and not do well and wonder why I didn't do well. Um, but then, like you know, over the last year or so, especially like since we started doing the podcast, mm-hmm. like we've had to think about magic in a different way. You know, yeah. and like I mean, I I think like. My mindset on magic started changing, I think, a little before we did the podcast, maybe. Like, um, yeah, I'd but, say, yeah, last summer, last spring, something like that. Yeah, but it, but it's as a direct result, I would say, of us having the podcast, like, yeah. just made us, made me think more about it, and you know, it also helps that I'm playing a lot more magic. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as sporadic. It's like every week, I'm in a tournament. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Well, G- Gavin Verhey wrote an article just a couple weeks ago, like sometime around the the GP, uh, mm-hmm. so end of May, um, about how playtesting isn't as valuable as a lot of people think it is, which is a really interesting article because he was saying you get probably a lot more uh, value out of discussing thing and, and just talking about Wasn't about magic and discussing things. That was the article that was like uh, Max McCall. Yeah, it was a response. Like yeah, a response yeah, yeah, yeah. to Max McCall. So basically, because yeah. Max McCall writes an article basically saying, "Why would anybody just randomly audible to a deck right before a tournament after they've been playtesting another deck for a long time and they're comfortable with it?" I think that's stupid. And Gavin's like, "Well, Max is wrong because if you know the format, if you know the cards in the format, and you you know it well enough, you've played the format, you know you understand you, you understand the format. You should understand most of the interactions." Um, for the most part, you're going to know what, you know, you know that if somebody's going to play Sovereigns of the Lost Alara and, you know, you know, you want to have a path to exile for it, you know, it's not like, oh, I didn't play test this. I didn't think to path it in the path in my I hand. I path the birds. Right. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like if, if, if you have any knowledge of the format, you're fine. So it was more about like. Uh, a lot of the discussions help. I'd say here, you can search for an aura card. <laughs> What's he gonna? 
Holy strength, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that darn life link card. Uh, wait, Judge, is spirit link legal? <laughs> um, no, what's funny, though, is that that article came out, I think it was either before or after, but anyway, he audibled to uh, Ben Varnaya, JRT's mm-hmm. list, the night before Nationals, and qualified. And qualified, right. So it's like, hey, bro, your article's wrong. No, I, <laughs> no, I, I understand both, both sides. I think, you know, Gavin, you know, the whole... You know, knowing the format is is by far like you know, and I guess you do that from either playing tournaments and play testing both. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, sometimes just like like I'm sure Watanabe and stuff. I don't know if they were testing the deck post DC, but they could have Kibler just could have said, "Hey, I have this list," and of course Watanabe is like a beast. And yeah. he's just like okay, and he knows that that's the deck to play, right? And and he audibles and he did really well with it. So right, I mean, you you become a good player by obviously playing. So it's mm-hmm. not like. I don't need to play Magic. Well, I'm just going to go enter tournaments with new decks. Well, if, yeah. if you're Japanese, you start as an amazing player. Right, yeah. Your rating even starts. All right, so speaking higher. of Japan, because that's like the, the capital of China, just as a second, uh, like a little segment. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, apparently, according to um, uh, Lauren Lee, who's at Maldrifting on, uh, on, on, the, on the Twitter. Right, she's um, also she's, mold, maldrifting.blogspot.com. Okay, yes. cool. Um, according to her, uh, <laughs> according to her, um, China is recognizing magic as a national sport, which I think is awesome. Oh, is that why? Not a national sport, but it's recognizing it as a sport, um, and uh, and is actually doing something where they're where they're training people to play magic in camps, <laughs> like like <laughs> which I mean, honestly, like as long, I mean, look, I'm not for any sort of weird like militarization of magic or anything, but holy crap, that is awesome and also scary. Yeah, yes. like, and then someone was like, uh, then my uh, this this kid I was driving home with from the five k was like, well, in Korea, World of Warcraft is, is their national sport, and I was like, or Starcraft is their national sport, and I was like, Korea's not a country; that's another city in China. And, um, <laughs> and no, but what I, what I really said was was that nah, and he was like, he was like, no, seriously. And then Lauren Lee mentioned the same thing. She was like, it, it may or may not be the national sport, but like they have like. Camps where they just train people, like yeah, I mean, nuts. holy, holy crap! That's like I mean, that's really it's it's awesome and scary at the same time. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I want to hear more about it. She said yeah. she got she read it off yeah. of a physical paper, or, or, or no, her friend told her, her friend her, and it said it in a physical paper, but she can't read the she Chinese, can't read Chinese, Chinese yeah. right? Right. Um, so one of the decks in um, in the top eight of the Star City uh, event mm-hmm. was uh, was the Turbo Land deck mm-hmm. in yes. standard, right? Because you know when I see Turbo Land, I'm like, oh, it's some legacy article, and I just mm-hmm. skip it. But this is standard, mm-hmm. so uh, you guys you guys saw that deck in mm-hmm. action. Um, I oh, yeah, I like like on a the what was the guy named Ali uh, Ali Antrazi. Yeah, I got to talk to him just for a second, but uh, it was it was like when we were filling out our paperwork for top eight, which I still don't think I'm allowed to talk about, but. Um, one of the judges were like, "You should call your deck Ali's Dust," and I, 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 I was like, "Snap, keep on that name. That's, that's the <laughs> best name ever for a deck." Um, but you got a chance to talk to him, didn't you, John? Uh, yeah, I, I spoke with him um, a, a little bit about the deck. Uh, first, I just said, "Hey, you're casting Eldazri's," and you did say Eldazri. I think I did. I, I did that whole day. Um, but I said, "I was like, that's awesome." And I was like, I, "I really like your deck." I was like, "Did you, you know, get it from?" You know the block, and I, I asked him a few questions about it. Would he change things? And I think Star City posted a deck tech um, I I with him. It was, a, it was a video, um, and he kind of explains it. Uh, it 
it seems like one an incredibly fun deck to play. Like blue green, just is so fun to play. Sans polymorph. Uh, yeah, I'm over that now. Um, but that. essentially, what the deck does is it it, it plays Oracle Mondaya with Jace. Um, you know, just like the blue red green deck um, does in block. Um, you know that. Uh, Raptor top aided with and you know LSV played and stuff. Uh, it's basically on. like what Jace and Oracle. Yeah, just power and, out and amazing interactions with that. Um, and then also it plays the suite of Eldrazi Temple, one Ive Ugin, and then also uh, Expedition Map as the thirtieth land um, to find you know the uh, Ive Ugin and uh, place all his dust as the removal because Blue White has uh, what. Vapor Snare to remove stuff? I think that's it. <laughs> you know, I actually really like uh, Expedition Map instead of a second uh, Eye of Ugin. Yeah, that seems yeah. pretty goddamn good. I mean, because yeah. worse and worse, you grab a Eldrazi uh, Temple, exactly. Right. So I think I think that's definitely great. Um, it also plays Time Warp. Like, if you untap with uh, Oracle... Which then, we know you love. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, too soon time Steve. Um and you like if you untap with an oracle and play a time warp like you're getting so far ahead and uh, you know of course it plays explore it plays mindspring which is awesome uh, also it plays event uh, avenger mm-hmm. um, one thing he said and I'm not trying to like if he's going to post an article or anything about it but he was considering cutting the whole Aldrazi package like and just going um, band colors mm-hmm. and um, just playing avenger because he plays two avenger I think two or three avenger already. Three. Three. Um, and he said they're amazing. Um, yeah. I asked him... My, my only issue was um, was concerned how he did against Mythic, because he has no Path Exiles or Band Charms, so they can just drop Sarvins and Swing. And he said he played it in Swiss three times and won. So, I don't know if he's cheating or... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he no, has, in no, the sideboard, four Fog. Oh, f- the Fog, so, yeah. He, I mean, he has Fog. And four Fog effects, or is actually... No, it's four, four Fog. And he plays uh, Wall of Frost against Red Egg Winch, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. Oh, he plays Evergreen Batman, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> Wall of Frost is cool. Can I make a, can I make a bad pun? Um, <laughs> uh, I was thinking if he cuts the Eldrazi package and goes Bant colors, he could call it Bant on the run. <laughs> Bant on the run. Yeah, hell yeah. Sorry, I can't yeah. help it. Oh, he blocked Diego. So, so, so basically, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, here's the list. It's an expedition map. Three Avenger of Zendikar. Two, four. Um, oh, that came into play tapped. Okay. There's a game going on currently. Yeah, let's just stop. So we have expedition map. Three Avenger of Zendikar. Four Oracle of Maldaya. Four Ogre and Battlement. One Embercool and one Ulamog. One uh, Garrick Wildspeaker. Three Jace the Mind Sculptor. And then uh, four Explorer. Three Mindspring. Four Time Warp. Two All is Dust. And then, you know, uh, Forest Islands, Eldrazi Temples, Halimar Depths, Colony Garden, Misty Rainforest, and one Eye of Ugin. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the sideboard has uh, Pithing Needle, Sphinx of Dwar Isle, Wall of Frost, Flash Freeze, Fog, Into the Royal, another Ulamog, and another All is Dust. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and he was considering basically his creature package would be uh, Sphinx of Jar Isle and... Four Avengers? Maybe, uh, or, or, I, maybe, I mean, or maybe just still the, the three the Avengers. The thing is, is the, I think Sphinx is so good right now because Naya... I mean, none of the shards can kill it, really. Um, I mean, vamp. What? That's true. None, none of the, sh- of the shards. None of the shards it. can kill it, bro. Um, Blue white is a Azorius, or what's what were they called? Uh, what it was a, a guild. Yeah. A guild. Yeah. 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 Uh, the guild can kill it. However, the shards cannot. Um, <laughs> but no, I I think I think the deck's really cool. I really want to test it to see how it does. But he was he was doing really well in the Swiss. I think he only lost to 
Red Deck wins, which obviously is, you know, fogs and cool walls aside, it's a really bad matchup, I'm yeah. sure. It's, it's really interesting to see somebody port that over in a stand event. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty exciting. I mean, Jace and Oracle just seem like so... Like, it just they work together so yeah, well. The the interactions are, are awesome with that. And also he plays Explorer, which, you know... Yeah, I mean, he's just... Turbo Land is... I mean, it's ridiculous how much land can just... Mm-hmm. Pop out from with an Oracle and a Jace and Explorer and then you're, oh no time warp and I'm gonna do the same thing next turn like mm-hmm. what turn is it? it's like turn turn five or six you've got like fifteen lands in play or something it's yeah like ridiculous. Um, the uh, the deck terribly named Comet Storm the um, the deck and block yeah. that uh, the Channel Firewall guys played um, in or in San Juan was you know essentially the same thing and it just would just and it played Lotus Cobra too mm-hmm. and eight fetches so it would just like by turn three just drop like just spew everything into play mm-hmm. right why wouldn't the Channel Fireball guys call that deck Channel Comet Storm I think the deck was on online because there was a similar or yeah I think Brad, Brad Nelson Big won up. some online won one this is Brad Nelson yeah yeah, yeah. Brad Nelson okay. um he he won a Online tournament with it. The, yeah, the Magic and, Online and they, Championship. they, for some series, reason, right? called the Comet Storm. That's like calling Ad Nauseam um, Dark Ritual. Or, like, uh, Sensei's Divining Top or something yeah. like that. Just some random card. Yeah, because it was like a two-up, and it was like, they were like, yeah, it's not really that, you know, strong of a card. It's really a J-Stack. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. But Aliantrazi, uh, really cool to talk to him. It's a really cool deck. I'm... Glad that, you know, he did so well with the uh, Rogue deck. It's not like he just slipped in there, so. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, uh, so let's see, Any anything else you guys wanted to say about the standard portion of the Star City? Any Anything interesting um, that you can think of? No, I mean, I think I think for the upcoming PTQs, I think the next level ban list, especially because it got, was it three slots in the top eight of Sendai? Yeah, uh, two, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Four, I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it would be two. very popular. I think on the 13th and 14th, Star City has the thing back going on. Yeah, in yeah. Seattle. Oh, oh, I thought you meant, uh, what's it next weekend? It's back-to-back in oh, the, Oh, yeah, the PTQs, yeah. yeah. So I, I will say, I think that deck's going to be extremely well presented in both the PTQs and the Star City event um, mm-hmm. in uh, two weeks. So yeah, yeah, there's one uh, June 12th, I think. Yeah, in Seattle, twelfth and thirteenth. Yeah, there's a PTQ Saturday and Sunday in Roanoke. Yeah, I mm-hmm. so. oh neat. Are you guys going Sunday? I'm going to try and go Sunday. Really? I mean, yeah. like we have our legacy. Arsenals? We have our legacy tournament on Saturday. Right, right, um, and, I, and I and I have to run uh, EDH mm-hmm. next Saturday. Yeah, so and I mean, I, so I can't go Saturday. Um, but our uh, next Saturday is the Rockville one, right? Well, uh, it, if there's one next, I guess that's possible. It's a, it's I think it is next Saturday in Rockville. Okay. I, I have to run an arch enemy uh, launch party, okay. so. Uh, FYI, I'm going to the pre-release. I'm sorry. I would love to play Arch Enemy, though. That does the, you mean like the awesome PTQ? Format. I mean, yeah, the PTQ. I yeah. would love to play Arch Enemy, though. That seems like the best format ever. Well, starting in Jul- uh, Jul- uh, July? No. And starting in August, we're going to do a Magic League on Saturday's Arch Enemy. Cool. And I guess we're going to, like, probably roll dice to see who's the Arch Enemy for each game. Yeah. Or something like that. That's cool. Yeah. It's going to be a riot. Cool. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so... Uh, um, yeah, so that's Ed for standard, right? Yeah, um, the the one. Uh, oh, well, the the legacy portion mm-hmm. happened on Sunday, and mm-hmm. that was. Uh, you, how'd you guys do? Um, I did. What did you play? In all right, so I was playing uh, Reanimator, uh-huh. and um, it, like uh, one of the guys who occasionally writes for us and and you know uh, plays us with us, Kurt Spice. He made top eight playing uh, uh, the Blue Land. 
and uh, which is like the 43 lands deck mm-hmm. with intuitions. And then um, there was uh, the guy who won was uh, Matt Elias. Yeah. Um, O2 drop was actually really well represented. We had uh, yeah. we had one person top eight. We had uh, eighth, ninth, and twelfth. We had eighth, ninth, and twelfth, and then I think it may have been like twenty six, which isn't. I mean, not eighth, that ninth, and twelfth, and twenty six. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not much of a drop off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it was cool. I mean, like like Joe and I were talking about before we uh, before we started recording. Joe was like surprised that Reanimator didn't win. Um, and that's it's one of the things. Like, I mean, I'd really love to like. Like I mean, hopefully at least one of you two can make it to Columbus, and and maybe uh, maybe Johnny can can outfit you guys with a yeah. deck. Because seriously, I'm, I really I'm already think... going, and John said I can stay with him and uh-huh. borrow a deck. Yeah, you should you should totally play. I mean, I think you'll like Legacy a lot more than you think. I mean, you might not jump into it and buy all the cards and yada yada yada. I'm not even necessarily endorsing that, but I think if you play Legacy like one tournament, you do, it's it's just like you're having so much fun playing Magic, you know. And not to say that I don't have fun playing Standard, but like. It's it's legacy's a lot of fun. Yeah. Like uniformly, people will be like, "Well, you know, legacy's cool because I have fun when I lose." You know, and it's just like I find that to be the case a lot more rarely with uh, with standard. Yeah, know? yeah. I think the the just every deck like the, like if you want to play like everyone like likes the reanimator decks. Everyone like mm-hmm. like makeshift mannequin or you know corpse connoisseur, even though no one likes him. Um, but <laughs> like reanimator, like all like there. If you want to play a, a awesome combo deck, there's the coolest combo decks to play. Like the funnest. Most fun combo decks to play mm-hmm. uh, for aggro. You know, there's the the typical zoo and stuff, and you know, it's just the interactions are really, you know, really fun. You know, mm-hmm. and even the judges would just sit and watch people play as opposed to. I mean, I'm sure they're still yeah. judging, but yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of the judges want to like. You know, they'll they'll be like, "Well, I can judge Saturday, but Sunday I want to play." You know, what I mean, right? Which yeah, like I uh, I was watching a little bit of the coverage, mm-hmm. the, the GG's live coverage on Star City and um, on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I saw like the Goblin Mirror match, and somebody had the main deck Goblin Sharpshooter. I think it was Jim Davis, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, main deck Goblin Sharpshooter, and I'm like, oh, I want to play with Goblin Sharpshooter again mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah. I freaking loved well, Goblins back in you know mm-hmm. onslaught. And like Jacob Ventland came with a sick deck. He had like a mo- mono blue. Um, and in, it's not Feeling like, in, 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 is, in, in, is that one? No, they did a deck tech and that's what it's called. Uh, okay. Um, but, uh, but it was, it's, it's mono blue or it's called feeling blue apparently. And, um, he, he, it was, uh, it was like all islands and what did he have? Uh, what were the other lands that he had? He had, uh, four, like polluted Delta, fe- like, fe- uh, yeah, he had, it, he had, it, like was, it was mono blue. Uh, it was, but it was, you know, true mono blue. He had, uh, and he ran like spell stutter sprites. I think, uh, I think a couple, um, uh, Archmages, Lenalyn Archmage, right? Uh, one. There was okay. th- uh, like and were the there Vendi clicks. Yeah, the cre- okay. Here, here's the deck from, uh, from what I remember because they're deck decks on Star City again. Mm-hmm. Uh, four back, four back to basic, uh, which is awesome. I... Uh, four force, uh, four brainstorm, obvious. Two uh, days, three spell snare, which he wanted to be. He wanted a fourth. Um, mm-hmm. Three Vendillion clicks, four spell spell starter sprite, four Jace the Mind Sculptor, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is great because it. Interacts with back to basics, mm-hmm. and also he plays three stifle. So they're trying to find their basic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stifles the the fetch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He tries. They're trying to find the basic stifles the fetch. Plays Jace, locks him out of lands, mm-hmm. and you know it's really good. And you know, of course, he's a great player. So I'm sure. I, I would I, I, like. I would say uh, that that back to basics is uh, you know if you're looking to speculate on an old card. They're like eight bucks now, and I think that's a really good pickup to to you know to see. Probably, I mean, probably it'll top out at like uh, ten to twelve, but still, like, I mean, if you can get them in trades for like five or six, that's, mm-hmm. that's a yeah. great pickup. 
I mean, L- Lands is becoming more increasingly yeah, popular, yeah. even though it's the most expensive deck. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I guess that's, that's all for the uh, for the tournaments this weekend. Although I think you guys mentioned there was a blue white list in Sendai that uh, that that. Uh, oh yeah, we top I eight. Totally forgot. Right? I totally that. forgot about it too. I, I have it. Um, I'm, I'm getting all these top eight lists from Sendai from uh, ManaDeprived.com, mm-hmm. which. Uh, for some reason, they're not up on Daily MTG. Yeah, so thank you, Mana Deprived, for posting information that is now two days old that the, 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 the mothership the, could not do. The mothership hasn't put yeah. up yet, exactly. <clears throat> um, that's uh, Car Young Tom is uh, is the, the guy who runs it. He's he's also the guy who's been testing uh, the Flores list uh, and with putting up the videos. Eldazri. Right, with, with the, the Eldazri <clears throat> blue-white. Um, so yeah, if you if you guys want to check out those videos, go to manadeprived.com. Um, you can check out the videos that he's doing with Michael Flores, and you can check out all the top eight uh, lists from Grand Prix Sendai. But um, so to go to this here uh, blue white list we were talking about, it's um, I mean blue white isn't that big of a shock, except this is blue white sovereigns like mm-hmm. conscription, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's basically uh, it looks like Sphinx of Lost Truths. Sovereigns of Lost Alara, Knight of the White Orchid, Seagate Oracle, Wall of Omens. One Wall of Omens, which I think is kind of interesting. Just, oh, really? Just one wall. Mm-hmm. Um, Field Mist Border Post, Gideon, Eldrazi Conscription, Path to Exile, Negate, Spreading Seas, Day of Judgment, Oblivion Ring, four Elspeth, three Jace, and one Everflowing Chalice. So it's kind of like he was like, hey, so Mythic is good. And blue white's good, and tap good out time. blue white's good. Let's shuffle them all together, pick out sixty mm-hmm. cards, and that's what I'll play. <laughs> like it really is yeah. kind of a strange mix of, of cards here. It mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of a tap out. It really reminds me of a tap out list. Yeah. Plus the Eldrazi conscription yeah. package. Although that feels like it would fit pretty reasonably in the tap out. I mean that's yeah. Just, I mean know, it's a blue white creature. One more than Baneslayer Angel, and it's and you're attacking with a you know ninety ninety. Yeah, you know. and it plays the the Knight of the White Orchids, which you know. Work, work fine with that. So that's um, that's got plus ten plus ten trample and first strike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty sick. So uh, <laughs> just wanted to mention that that was Tasaki Ryo. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that right, but if not, he can email me Tasaki. <laughs> email me the yeah, correct bro. pronunciation of your name. Um. So I know you guys got to head out of here, but uh, mm. just yes. one last thing if you, if you wanted to talk about it, or I can just cut it. Uh, this is something we I wanted to talk about last week, but mm-hmm. I just forgot. Uh, the Pro Tour, mm-hmm. San Juan, last week, top eight was limited. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? The fact that the top eight, is, the webcast, is is the limited portion. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's put let's put a card. Okay, mm-hmm. let's put a card under a play mat. Okay, mm-hmm. and if it's face up, okay, if it's heads, mm-hmm. then. We like the idea. If it's tails, we didn't like the idea, and let's all reveal at the same time, so there's no peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, if it's so heads tails, up, tails is a bad idea. Heads, good idea. Okay. 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 So, ready? Oh, oh, no, well, let's I just put, it, let's put it on your hands. On our hands. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, hold on. So, heads up means we like it. Yeah. yeah. Ready? One, two, three, shoot. Okay. Four <laughs> face down. Everybody thinks it's a bad idea. Worst thing ever. Uh, <laughs> every every like uh, you know. Pro player that wrote an article regarding the San Juan usually said, you know, in a little snippet, you know, I, I don't understand why they did that. It's, it's not good. Like the coverage, I mean, uh, I, I have yet to play a, a game block in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eldrazi seems like a really, or the Zenikar right, block yeah. seems like a really fun block to play. However, you know, 
I would still watch the like. With that being said, I would still watch the coverage if it was a top eight of the block. Constructive, but yeah, it being mm-hmm. draft. I mean, no one's gonna sleeve up PV's forty cards and play mm-hmm. it at FNM. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they will. Get, the, the rating will be fourteen forty. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the the uh, the uh, the other thing about that is you've got. I mean, the reason the Pro Tour added you know the dual format thing is because a lot of the pros you know love draft and love limited, but. You know, they didn't have, uh, but like the thing is, spectators want constructed, they want deck list, you know? Right. Um, and like, I, I forget who was saying that uh, on, on the mothership, but they were, you know, discussing why they kind of moved to that split format. But it's because people want deck lists. And like, and like to go from, like, the, you know, let the, let, let people who are playing at Pro Tour San Juan, like, you know, I'm, I love Rise Draft. I think it's a great format. Love I think, it. I think it's one of the better limited formats. But um, if I've, if I've been playing, you know, a split between Rise Draft and, and constructed all day, and you know I've got this constructed desk and I play test it and I metagame and stuff and then like and then oh sweet you open an, uh, you know an Ulamog and I've got you know I've got this sweet wall of uh, the overgrown trellis or whatever overgrown <laughs> battle battle. Battle. yeah that's it that's it overgrown trellis fine battle yeah. that's like that's it. wall of blossomins <laughs> <laughs> wall of blossomins actually that's a card that was spoiled for uh, for M11 it's, it's not called wall of blossomins but it's they've apparently got green cards in England it's one green one white. It's a zero, uh, zero four wall, and when it enters the bad f- battlefield, draw two cards. What? Yeah. Are you kidding? And that's flash. No, I, I was like, I haven't seen it has that. Double flash. Um, <laughs> <one second. laughs> yeah, double, yeah, double I, flash. I mean, and it has double strike. It's zero four double strike. <laughs> double strike. Yeah. Yeah. Regarding like limited in the pro tour, like I think it's great that they do, uh, you know, constructed, limited, and then day two. I think it's limited, constructed, mm-hmm. Cons- yeah, constructed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think that's great because it, it, especially rise is extremely skill intensive, and I'm sure that top eight was much more skill intensive drafting mm-hmm. than constructed. However. You know, I, I feel, you know, if you made top eight to this event, you obviously are great at unlimited, you know, um, and, you know, you should, like, if you did, you know, really well, you designed a deck to break the format, you know, like the, the mono green deck that, um, Z's, yeah, Z's, Z's Master Green, the New York Green or whatever they call, uh, yeah. that, you know, that was a deck that was just a breakout deck and it was, showed, you know, gave them awesome numbers for the 14 or 12 people that played it, um, but I, I feel like they should be like, okay, well, let's see how that does on top eight. Like, mm-hmm. if this is the best deck, they, you know, they spent a lot of time doing that. I'm sure they spent time drafting, too. But, like, let's let's see how that deck does, you right. know, and see what defines the metagame. Here's here's what I have to say about it. Um, I think that Limited, mm-hmm. as a top eight format, frankly, is awesome, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's what I have a problem with. If Wizards wants to do Limited top eights... Mm-hmm. They should be doing constructed feature matches throughout the two days, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean. That's like, what I want to like watch. if they would, if they would do just two days of coverage. Like, it's not like you don't have the guy there hanging out. You know what I mean? Like, two days of coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, first day feature match every mm-hmm. round. Day one, peep like famous person versus famous person playing cool new decks. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you can justify going, okay, here are the, the eight best players yeah. that you saw from the feature matches playing, you know, doing a draft, mm-hmm. which is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, doing a draft and then playing it out to determine who's who wins this, this pro tour. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're not going to give the constructed event, which is what everyone wants to see, mm-hmm. you know, good enough, thorough enough coverage... Mm-hmm. Then it sucks. Yeah. Right. And I think it's just before I say this, what's better, 
the best draft deck you've ever built or like jund. Mm-hmm. If you play them against each other, the constructed deck's going to win, right? So like, I feel like watching draft is like watching high school football. Like, <laughs> I don't really like. I'm sure it's still entertaining and it's still fun. It's still a football game, and mm-hmm. these players, some of them are good and some of them are suck. But you know, whatever. They're not mm-hmm. NFL yeah. caliber, so yeah. you watch. You want to watch it, the NFL because these are the best. Right? Well, okay, so it's like professional high school okay. football. So I hope nobody from yeah, Texas listens to I, I, what, 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 the what they what think I, that they think their high school teams. High school football is the most no, important thing. High school football is more important than. Oh, food, I don't know about more important uh, college yeah. tuition. Talking about like, more entertaining to, they, to they, watch. They should, I mean, and what, I guess that Friday Night Lights. They should cut right. to. They should right, cut right, to cube draft in the top eight. Yeah, there you go. Because then I would take a lot of my cube decks over over Jund. You know. Okay. Um. I think like the last thing I want to say like regarding that is that. Like um, PV opened his his deck was pretty good. It had Awakening Zone, also had an Arcana Revenant. Like in constructed, you have the same exact card pool as the, as your opponent. Mm-hmm. However, in draft, there could you know luck has a much higher not right. only on drawing but also on opening. If you open Vengevine uh, packs one, two, and three. I'm sure you know that's much better than you you're know, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, you were the Messiah. Um, but. You know, and that's what he did. He, he, he I don't know, I, I didn't look at the coverage on what he opened and stuff like that, yeah. but he had some bombs, and, you know, in Constructed, everyone has the same exact mm-hmm. card. Right. Yeah. And I, I I don't like that it's kind of, is that it's, it's luck-based before you even... Start drawing uh, cards. Yeah, before right. you even go against your opponent. Right. Like, before you even shuffle your deck. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So. Yeah, and, and I, I, I agree, so. Mm-hmm. And Chapin apparently agrees, too, because he's one of the players I've seen who has said something... You know, along those lines, that people are more invested in watching constructed decks because uh, they want to see decks that they can build mm-hmm. and actually take to an FNM or a PTQ or whatever. I'm definitely going to build a block constructed deck and take it to an FNM. That's going to yeah. happen, by the way. Yeah. Well, see, that's one thing: the block constructed. But go ahead and build close. PVs. Go build PVs winning draft deck and take yeah. that to the FNM, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cards. Yeah. 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 Um, Sorry. Um, yeah, okay. I, I have to. Can get we uh, can we plug the legacy oven real quick? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Cool. Um, O2Drop.com is running a, uh, a legacy tournament uh, this Saturday coming up. Uh, so that's June twelfth, right? Yes. Um, it's going to be at Games and Stuff, which is located in Glen Burnie. First place for that tournament is going to be uh, four underground seas, uh, which is you know uh, pretty sick. Uh, other prizes will be um, determined by participation uh, turnout, basically. But because of the uh, because of the split that we have with the store. We're able to do pretty prize support at a pretty low attendance. So, I mean, there will be duels throughout, you know, top, certainly to top four and possibly, you know, uh, all of top eight. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's, well, there'll probably be blue duels for, for, you know, underground seas, obviously, for first, if, unless they want, like, the trops and then trops for second, uh, is, is what it's looking like. Um, so if you want to, want more information, check out either o2drop.com in the forums. Or um, or on games and stuff online, uh, they should have details up on their site uh, this week. Um, thanks again, guys. And uh, oh, yeah, thanks for having us. Really we'll, appreciate we'll it. You guys soon. Do it again. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah. All right. See you guys. All right, we're back. Thanks to the O2 Drop guys for stopping by. I always like having them on. Yeah. Well, this is the first time John's been on, but he's definitely welcome to come back just as often as Dave is, which is anytime. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Um, um, I also wanted to mention that. Uh, Last week, Roy Halladay pitched a perfect game for the Phillies, and Joe edited it out of the podcast. <laughs> um. So, uh, so, so, just just to talk about it a little bit more, because we uh, we mentioned it 
a little while ago, and then um, we talk about it a little bit also at the uh, in our coverage, our live coverage of the Star City uh, event, which we're, we're going to put that afterwards after this. Um, we've decided so. Uh, Mike Flores' Blue White Eldrazi Giants deck, which you've now gotten some games in with it. Yeah. So, h- how many games have you played? Was it just uh... I played a couple against John? I played like one or two against Dave. Or I think I only got one game in against John. Yeah. Two against Dave and like a couple against you. Yeah. Um, all all of us playing my next level band deck, yeah. which is which is Kibler's build from the GP. Yeah. Um. Pretty interesting. Um. There. I only own three All is Dust right now, so I substituted a third main deck oust, I think, for an All is Dust, just until I can pick it up. Um, and also, apparently, I forgot to put another Ulamog in, which might have but really helped me, but I, but I have an Emrakul in there. I do intend on keeping the Emrakul, yeah. uh, regardless. So it's going to be two Kozilek, two Ulamog, one Emrakul, um, because sometimes I just felt like playing against... Uh, Scotty Mack, when he was running the deck, mm-hmm. I felt like, man, if he drops an Emrakul right now here, I'm just dead. You know what I mean? Like he, I was like, I was like, I have other answers to other things, but right now, if he were just to play an Emrakul, I would be completely screwed. And it was just like, okay, pack him up. But then he didn't because he didn't have it in the deck. And I was like, maybe I should put one of those in the deck. Right. In the fact that you can search it up with Eye of Ugin makes a difference. Exactly. Now you know the expedition map tech from Ali and Trousy's deck, uh, Turbo Land deck from Star City seems like a decent idea. Were you thinking of? Doing I'm that thinking actually? about maybe taking out one of the Eye of Ugin and putting in the uh, expedition map, because if you draw the expedition map and you don't need the Eye of Ugin right away, you can play it when you have some mana laying around, and which is common. Well, yeah, of course. But I'm saying like it it can't get spreading seized. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, if you wind up drawing an Eye of Ugin early, and then you want to just not miss your land drop, you're going to play right. it out. It's not going to get tectonic edged. Right, anything. exactly. Yeah. So you can keep it until that pivotal turn when you need it to either make something cheaper, or search up to search up yeah. something uh, for the trump. Um, so, so I think that's an interesting idea that I might look into. Um it's, it seems like a really awesome deck. I, I really like it. It's I'm I'm having a lot of fun playing it, regardless of like some of the weird hands I've kept and some of the uh, strange situations it's put me in. I feel like the fourth all is dust is one hundred and ten percent necessary, so I need to get that yeah. before next Friday or next or on next Friday. What for uh, for F and M? For F and M, okay. I didn't know if there was something else that I wasn't aware of. But, no, I'm uh, gonna go beat some heads in at F and M with it. Right. On. I also really like. Uh, I really want to play some sort of mono green ramp deck again right now. Like, yeah, well, it looks like there's a lot of good green stuff yeah. out there. And I mean, that I, we just watched the deck tech, the uh, the Ali Andrazi blue green turbo land deck tech, and I'm looking at at that and going, wow, that looks like fun. I kind of want, honestly, I kind of want to ramp into Terastodon. Yeah, um, maybe out of the sideboard, if nothing else. Like, like I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, man, I could really have like a turn four Terastodon and like wipe out three lands from my opponent's side of the field. Yeah, like that just seems fun. Like, you yeah, know, like how big is Terastodon? Nine, 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 nine. So like them having you know three elephants. Yeah, that are just gonna you know smash into your nine nine doesn't seem so bad. Although if they remove your Terastodon, that could be bad. You know, and it terminates not. That's not. Super uncommon that they would just have a terminate, or, or some sort of removal spell to to deal with the uh, 
the actual Terastodon. Right. Well, see, here's the thing. I pretty much cashed in most of my standard, like most of my Alara block stuff right now, except for some of the bigger things that I'm playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to cash in while I could. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And, so that that's why you're, you're you're looking. You said this earlier. You're you're focusing on more block centered. Decks. I'm looking for more, like, yeah. Because that way you can sell off all your Knight of the Reliquaries and lo- uh, uh, Noble Hierarchs and, and, and Maelstrom Pulses and things. Right. And still have a deck that obviously works. Yeah, basically just start focusing on different strategies um, that are probably going to be a little more relevant in three or four months. Right. Um, just because I think that'll be fun. And uh, I just want, I'm, I've kind of gotten a little bored with some of the decks that are going around, which is why I really like Mike's deck, because I mm-hmm. want to play a good deck, mm-hmm. but I've been wanting something fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like the Eldrazi Giants, calling it Cthulhu, uh... <laughs> Eldrazi Calling it Cthulhu... Cthulhu Blue-White. Yeah, it, it's, it's a fun deck, and it's like, kind of the sort of, it's the sort of thinking that I want to start getting myself into you know like what do you mean thinking ahead to like oh, well, what's for, coming next you know for like next next season of standard yeah it's not it doesn't run too many cards that'll be rotating there's yeah. only there's only two Jace Bellerins which may or may not be reprinted three Path to Exile which may or may not be reprinted um, so it's it's just you know I think that that to me is is fun and exciting right now mm-hmm. um, so I guess uh, since we're talking about rotating things it's a pretty Decent transition for once. Yeah, into uh, M11. Uh, yeah, spoilers. All right. Um, okay, so for for M11, these are some of these are rumors and some of these are confirmed. You can take a look at these spoilers on GatheringMagic.com. For for me, the biggest um, news as far as what has been confirmed is that Baneslayer is back in, uh, which isn't a huge surprise, but I think it's something I wanted to hear because yeah. I have Baneslayers and I like playing with Baneslayer. So, um, I, I would like it to continue on for another year. It's only been around for a year, so. So, okay, well, well let's just do this real quick. Um, Cloud Crusaders at 2-3. Flying first strike for white, white, 2. Yep. Arc Runner is a red and 2. It's a 5-1 hasty elemental thing. At end of turn, sacrifice it. So kind of ball lightning-ish, no trample. No, and splashable. I wonder if that means ball lightning is going to come back or not. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. So, Mind Control... Um, here's an interesting one. Fling. Yeah. Fling is... From Stronghold. Yeah, it's old school. It's a red and one instant sacrifice a creature. Fling deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to target creature or player. So, somebody tries to, uh, you know, destroy one of your guys, you can fling it at their face. Seems good. Speaking of flinging it at their face, we have Lava Axe. Yup. Um, Lava Axe, Prodigal Pyromancer, Sleep, Act of Treason, Wild Griffin, um, Silvercoat Lion, in- Infantry Veteran. These are kind of just French vanilla kind of things. Excommunicate, Elite Vanguard. Now, now that's here's something that's just stopping right here. If the numbering is correct on uh, on what the the guy who apparently has the inside information, if the numbering is correct on Elite Vanguard and Excommunicate. Elspeth is not in M11, hmm. which is, kind of defeats our, our theory from last episode, but um, and also is very disappointing, I think, because I feel like she, like I said last week, she's a very good embodiment of white, I think. So, 
I'd be kind of disappointed, especially if they're putting out the dual decks. Like, oh, you're you're complaining about you know cards being too expensive. Here, we'll help you out with uh, with dual decks when it's not relevant anymore. Like, thanks, thanks so much. It'll still probably be relevant and extended, but it could know. be. But you know, they'd sell a lot more dual decks if Elspeth was in M11. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so anyway. Um, Armored Ascension, uh, Barony Vampire is a new one. It's a 3-2 vanilla vampire for a black and two. Um, Blood Tithe, uh, black and three sorcery. Each opponent loses three life. You gain life equal to the life lost that way. Rise from the Grave, Child of Night, Unholy Strengths, uh, Sylvan Wayfinder. Yeah, this is something. This is actually one of the more interesting ones. It's a 1-1 one, one for, for a green and one uh, creature elf scout common. When Sylvan Wayfinder enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, and put it into your hand if you do shuffle your library. So it's a cheaper, smaller Civic Wayfinder. That is, or, or Borderland Ranger. For, uh, for, since for, it's an elf. Well, for newer players who don't know, you know, but if people... Right, right, right. This may not even be its name. I right. think it's a rumor, but it, it's basically, it sounds like, it's kind of a nest invader-y kind of thing, right? Or, or uh... Isn't there one that searches up a land? Like Andu Giant. Well, okay, maybe I'm thinking of something. No, Andu Giant puts it into play, though. Right, and, and Nest Invader puts the token into token play. Token play, right. right. But it's kind of another little ramp. Yeah, it's guy, neat. So Naturalized, Giant, Spider, Holy Strength. I want to read this. Captivating Vampire. I just forget what this does. Costs two black and one. It's a rare creature vampire. It's a 2-2. Two, two. Other vampires you control get plus one, plus one. Tap five untapped vampires you control. You gain control of target creature. It becomes vampire in addition to other types. And Chapin made this anal- or made this uh, suggestion in his article today. He was saying how it's so flavorful. It's oh, by the way, this is also rare, not not mythic, which is interesting. Does this mean vampire nocturnus? Is not being reprinted, maybe? Right, yeah, it's a big que- it's a big question Why mark. would they need two vampire lords in the same set? They could. Because they we'll want see. to really make it badass? Yeah, like, I guess so. I mean, like, there were several vamp- there were several merfolk lords at different times in standard. In standard, but not in the same set. True. And that's the, that's the question, because this is obviously... I mean, yes, they will be together in standard for a couple of months. When M- M11 uh, comes in, M10 is still legal until... Uh, until Zendikar... I'm sorry, until... Shards block rotates in October, so there will be two Vampire Lords in the standard for hmm. some time, whether or not Nocturnus is reprinted. Oh, but, wow, that's really neat. I forgot about that, yeah. But as far as his flavor, like he was saying, like say it's your opponent's turn five, and uh, and they're on the play, and they drop Baneslayer, and you've got like, you know, two Vampires or something on the board, and... Uh, like maybe a Nighthawk or something, and a Gatekeeper or something. I don't know, whatever. And he says, you drop a land, your two blood guests come back, you tap three, you play Captivating Vampire, now you've got five, tap all five. It's like they all jump onto the, the Baneslayer and make it into a vampire and put ring it onto your side. And I just thought that, he, like, he said it oozes flavor. And I was like, that's great. That, yeah, he's right. That's you know, really great. Think about it, but it's funny. Like, all of a sudden, all these vampires just kind of jump. Swarm it. Swarming uh, Baneslayer Angel. Or, or whatever, you know, but that was a, the example, which is really funny to see, like, Baneslayer Angel is a vampire in addition to uh, to its other types, and it's 6-6 six, six flying lifelink, pro, pro, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, so, now, the following cards are definitely confirmed, because they were confirmed by Tom Lapilli on his article uh, on the Mothership last Thursday or Friday. 
uh, Fireball, Lightning Bolt, Baneslayer Angel, and the M10 Duels, Dragon Skull, Summit, uh, Drowned Catacombs, Sunpetal Grove, Glacial Fortress, Rootbound Crag. Um, and then here's some things that were kind of uh, assumed to be in, just from kind of the, some of the things he mentioned. Uh, Deathmark, Celestial Purge, and Flash Freeze. Um, one of the, the reasons I think he, uh, I think some of these are, are mentioned is because they're saying like mold adder was like a, a way to hose blue black or green, uh, f for green to hose blue black. And he said they, they're trying to give green something more along the lines of death mark, celestial purge and flash reads, which makes you think, well, if they're giving green something along those lines, they probably want those cards in there too. So every color has its kind of enemy color hoser. Um, so out for sure, we have Open the Vaults, Mold Adder, Twin Cast, Divination, Planar Cleansing, Essence Scatter, and Shivan Dragon. All of those uh, Tom Lapilli confirmed were not in M11. So the, the surprising one, as Joe blogged, was Open the Vaults, I think to most people. That was one of the more surprising ones. I mean, but, like... It, it, it actually, the, see, here's that's the thing though. It's it wouldn't be that surprising mm -hmm. if he had said, "Oh well, you know, we took open the vaults out because open the vaults was pretty good right here, but like in like an entire artifact block, it's going to be stupid, and we don't want it in standard." You know what right. I mean? Like if he said that, it'd been like, "Well, duh." You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah like I don't want you know living death in standard. Right. You know, for artifacts. You know, like, because it just seems like it would be so easy just to, like, make some sort of deck that would just be ridiculous. You but know, like. He, another thing, the reason I think he didn't say that, or at least one possible reason he didn't, is because they've they've only confirmed the name of Scars of Mirrodin. They haven't said anything about it being an artifact block, and maybe he's still not allowed to say it's an artifact block, if whether it is or not. You know, no, he, he wouldn't if say. He can't, he can't refer, he can't say, well, our upcoming block. Is all is all artifacts and enchantments or, or whatever? He they're not they're not spoiling that information yet. They're talking about M eleven. They're not gonna they're, all they, that we know is that it's called Scars of Mirrodin, and we assume that that means there's going to be artifacts. Right, but and we could we were probably right, but I don't think he's allowed at this point. Sure, it, it, that's a possibility. He's not allowed to say something about the upcoming set. So but what he, he said was he made it relevant to the old set. No, but what he but no, but he did mention the upcoming set. And said that the card wouldn't be interesting with the upcoming set. And interesting as in overpowered, like, okay, then cut, you know, cut all the overpowered cards. You know what I mean? Like, right. if, if overpowered equals uninteresting, then, like, you know, where's the fun in playing competitive magic? You know, like, he specifically said, open the vaults is not going to be a card that's going to that's going to be interesting with the upcoming set. You would think... No, that's not what he said, though. What did he say? Really? Listen, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, he was saying about Esper being relevant, making Open the Vaults relevant. He said, however, those potential interactions will be gone when Shards of Alara rotates out of standard. Obviously true. That would have made Open the Vaults a much less interesting card to have around, so it, wouldn't be coming, so it won't be coming back. So he's saying... He's not saying anything about the upcoming set. Well, let's assume that like the set is... Let's, let's let's just make an, an assumption here and say 
just for the sake of argument, that the set is half artifacts, mm -hmm. half not artifacts. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me out of 125 goddamn artifacts, there's not going to be any, like, interesting artifacts? Like, what's the point? Like, I'm not buying it. Like, I'm not buying that set if there's not going to be any, like, interesting come-into-play abilities or, like, you know, well, stuff like that. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And plus, I mean, there are, there are enchantments still in Standard that are plenty interesting. You know what I mean? Like, there's no there's no reason why it wouldn't... Because it also affects enchantments. There's no reason why it wouldn't be relevant unless there isn't really going to be... I mean, because even if it's just artifact creatures, it's like, okay, I pay six mana and I get all my creatures back. Right. Like, that's not interesting? Like, that seems plenty good. Like, oh, how, much did, how much did living, living death cost? Like, six or something? And it did basically the same thing for... You know, for creatures. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're playing, I mean, but like everyone's playing creatures. If you're just playing artifacts, not everyone's going to be playing the artifact deck. So you go open the vaults, bring back all my artifacts, and I win. You know, like. Right. Well, and I think that would be more likely the problem, but I don't think they want to give away that information yet. I don't think they want people to know for sure. I think all he was trying to do is compare it, to, is talk about what's going and not what's coming. That's all I think he was trying to do. Like, I think he was trying... Like, it's tough. It's a tough way to do it without making implications one way or the other. And that's why I think we're discussing his implications. But yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, reading well, so far between the lines, right? Right. Well, that's right. what we have to do right now. It's right. Stupid. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know? Um, but what I, but I just feel like... I feel like everyone sees the word Mirrodin and immediately assumes, oh, here we go, artifacts. You right. know what I mean? Of like, course, and that makes sense. But, like... I think we've learned by now that Wizards isn't going to be that entirely obvious about things. And I just think we need to keep a more open mind about it. Mm -hmm. So, which is why I presented, um, you know, a counter-argument. You know, like, it's not like, I don't think I'm right, but I don't think anyone else is more right than me. Either, right. We can't, we can't know for sure that it's artifact-based. That's the right. point you're trying to make, of right. course. And that makes sense. Yeah. It, I, it's just a lot of assumptions a lot of uh, baggage with that word, Mirrodin. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, of course. Of course. So, we'll see. But it's, if you guys wanted to read what Joe had to say about it, it's on IWantMyMTG.com. Just, uh, if, if you haven't seen, there were also a few um, M11 cards printed in the upcoming Arc Enemy set, the, uh, the multiplayer variant that is coming out. I guess, when is that coming out? When is... Uh, July, uh, June 18th. Okay, so, so like, next weekend. Um, so the right. cards spoiled in that were Chandra's Outrage, uh, an instant for Red Red 2. Chandra's Outrage deals 4 damage to target creature and 2 damage to that creature's controller. It's kind of like an expensive... It, it reminds me of Char, except that it hits your opponent instead of you, which is obviously good, except it's more expensive, and... I don't know. I mean, a... Four mana, one for one doesn't seem so great, but it's I guess it's another option to have. Um, Plummet, which I think this is probably one of the more interesting ones, even though it's just plain and pretty vanilla. It's a green instant for green and one, and it's destroy target creature with flying. Now, one of the things that I thought would make this interesting is if you play green-white and you have Elspeth and you say, throw your guy into the air, Plummet makes Elspeth half of a removal, you know, or, or, you know, a removal combo kind of thing. Not not necessarily the greatest of interactions. That's but, pretty cool, though. But it's the fact like... that you can do it, like, Elspeth's like, hey, you, fly. <laughs> you know? I'm going to make your creature fly. That's actually 
a really neat. Co- I, I didn't even think it's, of it. Now that we know Baneslayer's coming back, right? I mean, this is good. Mono Green could be pretty awesome, like with the right tools. You know what I right. mean? And like, I was just thinking about how um, how good this is against obviously flying creatures, and and I'm playing right now next level Bant, and it's got Sphinx in it, and I'm throwing guys with Elspeth, and mm-hmm. so I'm like, huh? Wait a minute. Elspeth doesn't say creature you control, does it? And I confirmed, you know, just to check to see if Elspeth said that. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of interesting that Elspeth doesn't say, uh, you know, that, that you can target somebody else's creature with Elspeth because you never really want to do that unless you had something like Plummet. You Now you have a reason. Um, of course, White has plenty of other good removal, so uh, like Path or Journey or Oblivion Ring. Or but two of those might Oust. be gone. Right, but yeah, but so might Elspeth. So, so might Elspeth. So basically, sucks. it's all like basically we can talk about the standard up until October. That we can you can Elspeth somebody's uh, your opponent's creatures and then plummet them. This is pretty um, kick-ass. It's a cool interaction. Yeah. Now this one, I think this is way better than I like originally skimmed it and went. Oh, it's like a Drudge Skeleton variant. I but love it. Reassembling Skeleton, 1-1 uh, one, one for a black and 1, Creature, Skeleton, Warrior, and it has uh, black and 1, Return Reassembling Skeleton from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So basically, instead of having regeneration, it kind of has flash, and, and you can play it from the graveyard. So, you know, I'll discard it to Sphinx of Lost Truths, or I'll just chump block something. And then at the end of your turn, I'll tap two and bring it back. And then on my turn, I'll untap it. And now I have my creature, you know. Reminds me of uh, Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, is that, I, I would love to hear how that is. The, 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 um, in, in the, in the cat, in the haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Remember the haunted houses? Yeah, yeah. You had those little, uh, the Koopa Troopa, or the Koopa Troopers that, like, um, or skeletons. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you and stomp, you on, stomp them, on them. And then you'd walk away, and, and then they, they'd, like, reassemble <laughs> itself, right? They would just come back together, right? Absolutely, yeah. Right. That's funny. Yeah, so that seems good. It's an uncommon. At least it's printed as an uncommon in Arc Enemy, but um, I assume that means it is an uncommon in M11 as well. And then uh, lastly, well, Birds of Paradise has been confirmed at the Buy a Box promo for a while. And uh, so the last... Arc Enemy card is Sorcerer's Strongbox, which is an artifact for four. It has the ability tap two, tap it, flip a coin. If you win the flip, sacrifice Sorcerer's Strongbox and draw three cards. You know, it's not really super playable. It's fun and limited, I guess. Like, I think it's pretty awesome. In standard, really, you're just, you like flipping coins? Like, that's the kind of... I don't like flip a coin cards. It's the way I look at it. You pay, tap six and draw three wouldn't even be that great. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is tap six, maybe draw three. Try it again, maybe draw three. You know, you're paying six to draw three either way. How even much if you... does the, the the Dreamstone Hedron cost six, right? Right, but it adds mana. In the it adds time. mana, right. But um, what I'm saying is, like, you know, you tap four, you play it, mm-hmm. it sits there. You know, that, like... That's the problem. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> like... It has no effect on the board and has nothing... Nothing to give you even... It doesn't even ensure that you're ever going to do it. You could flip a coin every turn... And still never get anything out of it. It's not strong box at all. It's weak box. <laughs> Whatever. You said the same thing about CBON. I did not say anything like that about CBON. You said you hated CBON. I did not. You said you hated Renegade Doppelganger. I just said I wasn't impressed with Renegade Doppelganger. But CBON I thought was okay. But I liked Treasure Hunt better. And I think 
I wasn't thinking about Polymorph when I was thinking about Sea Beyond, and Sea Beyond is obviously better in Polymorph, better but I still think Treasure Hunt is better than Sea Beyond in Blue-White Control. But Spreading Seas tends to get the nod recently if you're going to put something like that in the deck. So uh, you're not seeing either of them very often. Now, Sea Beyond is still great. Yes, yeah, now Seagate, Seagate Oracle. Oracle's kind of gotten the nod over Divination. Right. So, Naturally. Uh, I mean, it makes more sense. So no divination, which is cool. I'm glad. No, no divination being reprinted in M11, which to me is cool because I think it's opening up space for something else. Hopefully, maybe not, but whatever. And no essence scatter, which hopefully again is going to open up space for something else. Metalik. I would like Metalik. Chapin wants um, blue, blue, instant counter target spell with a converted mana cost three or less. I think that would be great. That's his design. Obviously, it's not uh, necessarily that that's even likely, but I like it. I like that design, too. It, it seems good because it's good early, and it's good late, too. It's a counterspell. It's, it's counterspell, but it has its limits. But it's not bad against... It's not like, oh, I'm playing against your... Maybe I'm playing against your mono black deck, and I've got flash freeze. Like, that sucks. But if I'm playing against your mono black deck, and I've got this card, it's relevant. If I'm playing against your mono red deck, it's relevant. You know, it, right, it makes right. it makes it at least a little bit more relevant and and playable without being broken because I can't counter your Baneslayer or your Vampire Nocturnus or your Malakir Blood Witch or you know your Jace the Mind Sculptor. I can't counter. And you those. can counter the early stuff. I can counter. And so the you early get stuff. that deprived to counter the stuff late. Right. So Nothing wrong with that. Nice, nice uh, build up there. So right. I don't know. Seems exciting, but that's obviously Chapin's design, not not anything even rumored to be an M11. But I'd like to right. see that. Mana leak will be a party in the streets. I think for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go run around my yard if I hear Mana leaks back. So. Lastly, I think um, for today, we have a voicemail. Uh, apparently, Whoa. Joe has not heard the voicemail. He didn't even know we had a voicemail. So let's get I didn't a know listen. we had a voicemail line. Uh, we do. It's 331-MTG-TAPS. So this is Mike from Miami coming up. Yo, this is Mike from Miami. Anyway, uh, I heard there's a free t-shirt. The possibility of getting one, it'd be awesome. Uh, the only thing is, I'm like 3X, 4X, and you guys are saying 2X. you got to get a couple bigger sizes. I don't know if you've seen Magic Players lately. Yeah, there are the small ones, but there's some big ones too. But uh, other than that, in all seriousness, just wanted to bring out there um, the card Contaminated Ground. What's up with that card? Uh, it's not seeing any play, and I was figuring, you know, with how you know popular the Spreading Seas has been. All right? Yeah, I know you don't get to draw cards with Contaminated Ground, but, you know, anybody out there, they're, they're going to, you know, lose a mana from their mana base because now they have a black, or if they're playing black, they're going to be tempted to tap it, take two damage. Is this not worth it? What's up with that? Anyway, uh, take it easy, guys. So, yes, well, we, we can't send you a t-shirt, Mike, because the contest ended last week. And yeah. It, Joe couldn't even slide in in the deadline. You know, he tried, if, if you listened to last week's episode. But, uh, you know, we'll have another contest soon, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as contaminated ground goes... I think the big thing is it doesn't draw a card, right? I mean, it, it draws a shock. I guess it's some sort of, you know, basically like if they tap that land, it, it's free shock. Right, right? and the, only, the other problem with it is you have to be playing black to use it. And black doesn't seem as, as uh, strong as blue right now. Is that what you're trying to say? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. like, black just doesn't seem that strong right now, period. Yeah. I don't think Contaminated Ground is bad. I think, no, I think not at all. It would be interesting to play in a deck 
that focused on doing a lot of damage quickly, like a, some sort of black-red deck. Say you play Mana Barbs, Contaminated Ground, Burn, some sort of you know black-red burn deck, and you're going to make them... Uh, you know, if you can uh, put them in a position that they need to... Basically, if the board's clear and they have to tap their mana and you've got something like mana barbs out and, and contaminated ground, I mean, they're taking a heck of a lot of damage, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to play their spells. That that one land does three damage to them, you know, and multiple contaminated ground seems ridiculous. The problem also is all this dust seems to be seeing more and more play. That's going to, I mean, of course, they're going to have to tap that land probably or wait until they hit eight mana, but, and if you've got mana barbs in play at that point, they're taking a heck of a lot of damage from that, but uh, just the fact that it's, um, you know, that it's out there, that, that's one thing that gets rid of all those spreading seas and contaminated grounds. I, I don't think that that's necessarily like the reason not to play it, but I think it, it needs to go in the right kind of deck, and it's it's certainly not a bad card. No, it's not just, at all. It's just not uh, a great card. But I could see somebody trying it it's in that, that sort of uh, in that sort of deck. I think it's just not a great card right now. Like the, you, you see, like the de- I mean, like the decks that run black right now have like you you would think like what would you want black for probably to deal with or, or what would you want contaminated ground for if you're playing like a black a deck with black mana in it? Um, like if you're playing Jund. You probably have your black mana and prophetic prisms a better way to fix your own mana if yeah. somebody tries to use spreading seas on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to counter it with contaminated ground because prophetic prisms just leaps and bounds better and you're not taking damage off of it. Yeah. Um, if you're playing vampires, you know, you don't really need something like contaminated ground um, because like the main thing you'd be worried about in that situation would be like man land. And you have tons of instant speed removal in vampires. You know what I mean? Like, you mean, well, at least you will post sideboard if nothing else. You know what I mean? You've got Smother. You've got, um, well, Urge to Feed deals with Raging Ravine, at least, and Lava Claw Reaches. No, it, well, it deals with Creeping Tar Pit, but nobody really plays Creeping Tar Pit. Um, I, I saw it at the, uh, at the Star City Open yeah. on Saturday. Um, and it was relevant. Grixis, yeah, it, it was Esper. Yeah, Esper. Esper has been. I mean, yeah, it's true. Esper. Has I think. Been I think creeping tar pits underrated right now. Underplayed. I think, I think so too. I mean, it's it's unblockable. I mean, your planeswalker. Like I was sitting there with with uh, you know Jace or, or you know whatever Elspeth in play, and I have Wall, and I feel like it's safe. And then I look across the table. I'm like, no, he's got creeping tar pit. Crap. I can't block that. I'm like, I'll play Seagate Oracle then. No, it can't block. Uh, you know, it can't block Creeping Tar Pit. I'm, just not, I'm not used to playing against Creeping Tar Pit. Right. And so I keep, you know, I, it wasn't like I was mis- making mistakes thinking, oh, I'll block it that way. But my thoughts, you know, sometimes were like, oh, he's probably going to attack with the Tar Pit. I can't block it. That sucks. Like, I have a wall. I have blockers, but they're irrelevant. So that's a card that... uh I think it, it it may be likely to see more play. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's underplayed right now, but again, black is sort of underplayed. Yeah. Blue-black combination. Like, there's Grixis is around and Esper's around, but they're not breaking 
top eights very often. Right. You know, and, um, uh, you know, they, they're around. I think didn't, I mean, Gerard Fabiano played Esper at the GP, and um, I feel like, was there an Esper in the top eight of something recently? I feel like there was. But well, anyway. Conley Woods ran Esper at the GP. Yeah, too. but did he eat in top eight? No. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so it, it's playable, but it's just not seeing as much play as some of the other manlands, and I think it's it's deserving of it. Um, so. Anyway, thank you for, for the voicemail. We do appreciate it. Anybody else who would like to call us and leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 331-MTG-TAPS. So uh, that's about it for this week. This is quite a heavy content episode, I think. We've got a lot. We've, we've just recorded a lot. We've got a lot of coverage from the Star City Open on Saturday, the standard portion. So Also, don't forget to, uh, if you're in the Seattle area or you're not and you feel like flying out to Seattle or driving there, uh, you should check out the uh, Star City Games Open uh, coming up this weekend, June 12th and 13th, right? Yep, I think yeah, so. Yeah, 12th and 13th um, in Seattle. I don't really have the details, yeah. but if you go to StarCityGames.com or you're already on there listening to us, you can... Uh, you can check it out. You can check out the, the details on that. It's As always, there are opens two days, standard right. day one, legacy day two. Yep. Um, I'd like to see if more copies of uh, Ali Andrazi's deck... Show, show up. Uh, the blue-green? Yeah, the blue-green. I just think that's such a neat deck. I, I My prediction, at least for the standard portion, because we're not legacy guys, but uh, is more, a lot more next-level Bant, and probably some more of those, or some some of those. some You know, more than one. Especially if Ali ends up going, he, I, I wouldn't... I wonder if he would play it. I mean, it's it, his design, but it's not... Rogue anymore, I guess, or it's not uh, it's not unexpected anymore, but just... But who's going to sideboard for it is the question. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, how seriously... Are people going to take it seriously enough to sideboard for it? Like, right. That's I mean, how I feel about the Flores deck. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people are going to be so busy siding against Mythic and Blue and regular Blue-White mm-hmm. that they're not going to have a suitably respectable plan to sideboard against my deck. Right. That's a good point. You know what yeah. I mean? So I feel like it's one of those decks that at least for a couple more weeks can... Uh, until it gets the respect it deserves, can uh, yeah. You know. So, so the thing is, now you have Emrakul at least, but Flores' originalist doesn't. So it seems very uh, susceptible to path, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. So I mean, that's to me like I have two path main and two bant charm. Actually, one bant charm main. Uh, I switched to Kibble bant Swift. charm isn't that scary, right? Because of Eye of Ugin. Because right. of Eye of Ugin. But I'm just saying like. Um, those are options, and 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 with Vengevine around, I think path is even more likely. So, uh, But the Emrakul, I think, is a good good reaction, or, you know, good compensation for that. Right, so. I agree. I mean, and it's got, and it's got Bane Slayers in the sideboard. You know what I mean? Um, so. so thanks, everyone, for listening. We want to uh, give a special shout-out and thanks to Evan Irwin, who got us onto Star City Games, and welcome all any new listeners from Star City. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for... To everyone who listens to us, because we wouldn't have been able to do it without every single one of you. Absolutely. So, uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks again. Bye! Hey everybody, this is Joey Pasco, Yo MTG Taps, reporting from the Star City Games Philadelphia Open. Uh, we're here on Saturday for the standard portion of the uh, the tournament, and uh, 
at this point, round six just started. Uh, big head Joe, he, uh, he hasn't been feeling well all day, so I think that contributed to his, uh, his O2 drop record. Uh, speaking of O2 drop, the guys from O2 drop are here doing, uh, doing pretty well. Um, Dave Hylker, who we've had on the cast and, uh, who I believe we're going to have also later on on this episode, um, he is currently 5-0 with a mythic conscription list that kind of, he kind of modified, um, I'll let him talk about it a little later, um, I, uh, I just lost my third, third game, so, or third match, uh, two, three, and I dropped, and, um, I was playing Next Level Bant. Uh, I put it together in the car on the way up here and played my first game with it in round one. So, uh, you know, true to form, just like I always do, try to play a deck at the tournament. But uh, I have no regrets because it's a fun deck to play. And what better time to, uh, what better way to learn it than to play it in a tournament? Um, anyway, uh, Lloyd Frias, uh, Maryland State Champion, who we've also had on the show before, um, he is currently 3-2, and two, and his brother is 3-0-2, oh and, um, and Lloyd is playing Next Level Bant as well. He actually helped, uh, helped convince me to try that, and Mark is playing a Grixis list. So uh, we've got, got a wide variety of deck lists. Uh, Joe played Blue-White Control um, with a... Uh, kind of secret tech which I don't think he ended up even getting to use um, and who knows if it was any good but he mentioned it at the beginning of the tournament and uh, and I said that would be pretty hilarious and he just decided to do it. Uh, I'll let him talk about that and speak of the devil, there he is coming up the escalator right now. So how are you feeling? Um, not well but thanks for asking. How are you feeling? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so tell us... Uh, Tell us about your experience this morning. Um, your deck I, and, and, and your secret tech. My secret tech is... Uh, I'm, well, I'm right well, you now... Two, you have two bits of secret tech. One that you were talking about in the car, which I thought was pretty good, right? The sideboard. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one that was a last minute after your deck registration sheet was filled out, you know, go in and scribble something out and replace it with something. So why don't you tell us? Yeah, so my sideboard tech against Mythic is Angel Song, which actually did come up against Mythic, um, but I just couldn't... I didn't have the Wrath. Or I just kept having counter spells. Oh, I, was, I was playing Blue-White Control. Why was I getting counter spells? Jason Gideon played against me all day. It didn't seem like it made much sense. Um, so, like, literally, all day. Uh, well, I guess all two rounds, but whatever. Um, and you play Mythic both rounds? No, I played against Polymorph round one. Oh, that's right. So my last minute tech was um, I put an Eldrazi conscription in blue-white control. Just one. Uh, because I figured, like, if I had a soldier token out or a Bane Slayer and I drew it, I could go, oh, put this on the big guy, make him real big, and, and hurt you a lot. Because, like, you know, think about things people aren't expecting. I think that's one of them. That's true. Um, and then I... Um, and then also, it was in there in case I was playing against Mythic with Sovereigns, I could mind control their Sovereigns and then attack with it and search up the conscription. Because that's awesome. Like, I really wanted to do that. And I still, I mean, honestly, like, I don't think it was a bad idea. 
It's like it's almost it's like having an Ulamog. You know, it's like, but no, I'm, no, dude. No, it's like having an Ulamog in the deck. It's like if you draw it, oh, wicked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. wicked. Here's here's my here's my stalemate breaker. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's basically it has haste. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like an Ulamog with haste. Because yeah. I play it for eight and I put it on my guy and he's ready to roll and attacks, you know? Like, I just thought it would be a cool thing to have come out of nowhere. It never came up. Right, well, and it only played two rounds. Right. I, I think it's a neat idea. I don't think it's... it's funny, yeah. I think I'm more into uh, Flores' deck right now, honestly. Flores' is blue-white. Mm-hmm. I've been trading for pieces for that all day today. I need um, to get another Ulamog, actually. I need to get another Ulamog and two Kozileks, and I think I'm pretty much there. You don't have any Kozileks? No, I used to have three, and I traded them all. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so, I need to pick up two of those today. Let's talk about Flores' list, because we haven't talked about Flores's it. Flores' list is awesome. Flores' list is like uh, blue-white control with Eldrazi temples, Eye of Ugin's, All is Dust. Oh, I need to get two more All is Dust. Um, yeah, it plays four All is Dust. Four All is Dust, two codes like two Ulamog, um, bunch of the lands. No, no Bane Slayers. No Bane Slayers. Um, basically, the Eldrazi in place of the four Bane Slayers. Right. Right? And then, like, all his dust mixed in there. He's got four all his dust mixed in there. Like, I think he's got one Martial Coup and, like, two or three Day of Judgment, I think. And Seems then, about right. And then, like, you know, all those, all his dust. I don't think he plays O Ring. No, he why would you play O Ring? Right, well, I'm just saying. Well, he does play Spreading Seas, though. Right, which, which is interesting, but he figures he can shuffle them back in with the, uh, with the Eldrazi. Right. So, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, did you watch the match that he played, the, the video? I watched game one. I did not watch part two yet. Same here. But I did play against the deck myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty Mack running that deck and me running standard blue-white control. And he did stomp me Yeah. in so many words. He annihilated me. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's a cool deck. Here's Joe. Uh, basically, if you want to see a video of a, of a couple uh, games, manadeprived.com um, has the videos up. And the interesting thing in that game is I thought they had it. I thought they had him beat. And then he drops... Basically, I think he played Ulamog. They, passed, they used Path to Exile on it. He played a Kozilek, and I think they somehow wiped the board. I don't know if they used, like, Marshall Coup. Do you remember? Like... I don't know. They got rid of the Kozilek. He plays another Ulamog. They don't have a path for it. Uh, I think he plays all his dust and then swings with Ulamog. Like the next turn, he plays he plays all his dust. They like you know they sacrifice a bunch of whatever you know everything that's colored obviously. And then he swings with Ulamog and now they it leaves him with like two or three lands left. Like that's it. And they're at you know whatever ten. What is what is Ulamog an eleven eleven or something then? Or is he a ten ten? I can't even remember. Um. I feel like he's an old... Okay, so if he's a 10-10, either way. One more swing, they have or no permanence and he's dead. It doesn't really even matter. One more swing and... and maybe he's a 10-10 or an 11-11. Yes. One. So anyway, it was, it was really interesting because it looked like the their, you know the typical blue-white control list had the game won, or at least had it well under control, uh, but they he dropped Ulamog. They don't have a path for it, and... Uh, or a counterspell, and he, uh, it just, all it took was, you know, two more turns, and that was it. Game over. 
Uh, and, and all this dust obviously helped a lot too. So um, it was really interesting. And I, I was thinking of playing a variation of that as well. I didn't have the all is dusts, but I thought maybe I could build some sort of hybrid, like playing the Eldrazi and the all is dusts, but maybe still leaving some, you know, maybe extra martial coup and like something else in place of the all, other all is dusts. Because I have two. So uh, that's what I was going to play. But then I was just like, no, I'll just stick with Brad Nelson's list. And then on the way up here, I switched to next level bend. So, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I think the result would have been similar no matter what deck I played. But I had fun, and that's the point. I don't really mind. Um, the deck runs three oust and two path, right? I think so. I think. I personally think the other way around is better. Because I think you want more instant speed to deal with, like, sovereigns. Right. You know? And that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean... Uh, but oust is pretty great against Cobra. Yeah, Alfst is good against the uh, stupid against Cobra, the Cobra and the uh, the mana acceleration creatures. So uh, round one, I lost to a, a Rune Flare trap deck, but I think I could have won it. Uh, I could, I think I could have won game one. I had him down to one, and I realized that I, you know, I was making mistakes because I had never played against Rune Flare trap, and of course, this was my first game ever with next level Bant, and I didn't think. At first, like the first discard phase where I had a ton of cards because of the Howling Mines, I didn't think to discard Vengevine for some reason. Like, he unsummoned my Vengevine, and then, like, I discarded, and I was like, why didn't I just discard Vengevine? I can't believe I forgot to do that. And so, I think if I would have, I would have had just that, you know, I need one more damage to win. So, I may have had that extra pressure. Um, I won game two really fast, and game three, we went to turns, and he was turned... Zero, zero, and then he time warped, and then he time warped, and twin casted, and then uh, on my basically like I think he he played like uh, some howling lines or font of mythos or something on my upkeep. I drew four cards. Um, I had eight in my hand because he unsummoned something. Uh, so like my first time I got a, a turn in extra turns, I had eight cards. I draw four, and he goes. You know, after your, at the end of your draw step, uh, I'm going to Rune Flare Trap Twin Cast, 24 damage. It's just like, all right. So, uh, pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, so then I went into round two, and I, I won. I think I played, it was Planeswalkers, I want to say. Um, no, it was Blue-White Control. Yeah, I beat a Blue-White Control list and a Planeswalker list. Lost to Rune Flare Trap. Um, and then another Blue-White Control, because... Uh, I basically just didn't draw the cards I needed. Like, game three, I I saw one Vengevine, he passed it, and I didn't see any way to dig, any anything I could use to dig to more Vengevines. Like, I didn't see any Seagate Oracles. I had one Jace, which basically, you know, I brainstormed once, and then he killed it somehow. I think he played his own Jace or something. Um, so, you know, I, I had trouble using the, the resources I had, you know, weren't digging me to more Vengevines. I kept seeing Ranger of Eos, though. I searched up every one drop in the deck by the end of the game, but that doesn't help all that much when basically the only two really relevant one-drops are Scoop Mobs, and he also was spreading seeds to my Celestial Colonnades, so it was like I, I was just, you know, I couldn't couldn't win that one. So uh, that was one of my losses, and then I played Matt Ferrando in round five, and he was playing a, um, like, kind of a Vengevine Naya list, but his was a little different than the Jerry T version. He had, like, a Johnny Vengeant in it, uh, an Elspeth, 
and basically we were racing each other game one. Like, I think I had two Venge Vines. He had one, but he was playing Bloodbraid Elf, and so it was, like, kind of a race. I was at seven. He was at eight, and um, I think I swung it. He had an Elspeth on five. I could have swung at Elspeth with a Venge Vine for, for five because I had a Hierarch and taken out Elspeth, but instead I decided to hit him, put him at three, and he goes... Uh, and, I, and I had a birds in play, and he had, like, a, um, a Venge Vine and, and an Elspeth, obviously. And he plays a Johnny Vengeance, shoots, shoots my bird, and then throws El, uh, Venge Vine in the air with Elspeth and swings it, hits me for seven. So I was like, ah, didn't see that coming. Game two was just a, a struggle back and forth, and I ran out of gas before he did. You know, I was top-decking lands. I was holding two cards in my hand that were the forest and a plains, and I'm, like, drawing a card. I'm like, oh, right, Seaside Citadel. Finally, like at the end when I'm like I need an answer quick I draw Celestial Colonnade which wasn't going to help me because I, it come into play tapped like anyway you know I just I didn't have it uh, also I'm sure I didn't play optimally I did play a Linvala but it was like okay Bloodbraid Elf into Wooly Thoktar it's just like alright so John Medina of mtgmetagame.com is also here we got to actually meet up with him which is pretty awesome um, he's, I think he's 3-1-1. One, one. I know he has at least one draw. We met Jargowski, too. Jargowski on the Twitters. We yes, met we met him. And uh, who else did we meet? We met a couple other people, but they didn't say who they were. I ran, or into, they I ran into, uh, what's his face, Cyberot again. Oh, cool, 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 cool. So John Medina's here. We're going to talk to him. So, uh, cool, we'll check back in later. All right, we're going to try the Rich Hagon style of podcasting here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk in a British accent. But. Uh, we're watching Dave Heilker playing here in, what is this, round eight? It's round eight. He's he's six and one. Uh, it's game two. Dave is up a game playing his version of Mythic Inscription against what looks like a Vengevine Naya. Vengevine Naya, right. Apparently, game one, he he won the game through a uh, double Spark Mage collar on the uh, opposing side. So Dave's got Stirring Wildwood, Island, Forest, Hierarch in play. Plays in Misty Rainforest and cracks it. Uh, his opponent is, uh, he's got a Bloodbraid Elf and a Lotus Cobra in play that apparently just attacked. I'm not sure about the life totals right now, but... Uh, but Dave just grabbed a forest, the beautiful unhinged forest. Uh, life totals are 20, and Dave is at 14, so his opponent is at 20. So looks like basically all that's happened so far is his opponent attacked with uh, the Bloodbraid Elf and a Lotus Cobra, and um, and Dave cracked his fetch land. So Dave taps out five mana for a Gideon. And he uh, kills the Lotus Cobra. His opponent now has uh, is just swinging with the Bloodbraid Elf uh, at Gideon. So he puts Gideon at one counter, uh, and his opponent plays Raging Ravine and passes the turn. Dave's playing with the uh, it looks like a combination of unhinged forests and unglued island over there. Nice. You can find the island. He couldn't find the, the unhinged island. <laughs> I have a bunch of unhinged islands. I bought like 20 of them when unhinged was still around. Uh, for like, you know, 75 cents each or something. 
for my mono blue control deck. Yeah, now they're like two fifty. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have bought more. At least planes or something. But uh, so it looks like they've cracked another fetch, another misty. Oh, Virgin Catacombs looks like. Yeah. Oh, somebody's playing blue-green Eldrazi in standard. He played like Wall of Frost in the uh, inside board against Red Deck Wins. Oh my God, Wall of Frost! That's awesome. Yeah, and the game is over, so obviously I guess Red Deck Wins. But he plays like Kozilek and Wall. Wow, that sounds pretty interesting. Uh, Dave put Gideon up to two more counters, and apparently passed the turn. Uh, his opponent played a Blood Braid Elf and cascaded into a Cunning Spark Mage. Double Blood Braid attacking Dave right now. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on with Gideon. Didn't he add two counters to Gideon? So why did his... Did, did Dave just take damage or no? Uh, I guess he, if he's attacked, maybe he's still deciding. I thought... Of, I thought... Oh, no, 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 he's killing Gideon. So it looks like the... Yeah, he... he Dave plus two Gideon on his turn. His opponent played Bloodbraid Elf, cascaded into Cunning Spark Mage, and then declared the two uh, Bloodbraids attacking, but left the Spark Mage untapped. So there is a judge uh, hovering now, kind of trying to uh, settle the situation. It looks like, yeah, it looks like the Spark Mage is attacking. I assume, I, and uh, looks like. Why did the Spark Mage die? What did I miss? It's because he was supposed to attack with it. I think he just, uh, like, game state violation, maybe? And the judge made him attack with it. So he blocked with the stern Wildwood. Okay, I see. Okay. Blocked with the Wildwood. That's what it was. So, uh... Pass the turn to Dave. Dave untaps plays a Birds of Paradise. Uh, swings with his Hierarch. Gets in there with the Hierarch, the Foil Noble Hierarch. Uh, plays a th another fetch land, a Misty Rainforest. Passes the turn. Not a lot of action on Dave's side of the board at the moment, but uh, facing down two Bloodbraid Elves. Two uh, FNM Bloodbraid Elves. Just to be uh, more specific here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they look nice, man. I have to set the scene. His opponent plays a Lotus Cobra and a third Bloodbraid Elf. Wow. Cascading into an Oblivion Ring. Looks like he Oblivion Rings the Birds of Paradise, which is the only untapped creature on Dave's side at the moment. Um, and he's swinging in with all three Blood Braids. So Dave's trying to decide what to do here. Looks like he can't activate the Wildwood, so... Um, uh, but he taps... Taps three. Bant charms one of the Bloodbraid Elves, putting it on the bottom of his opponent's library. And Dave takes six. So life totals now look like uh, 19. 
his opponent, and uh, seven is Dave's life total. Dave goes to six by cracking a misty rainforest. Grabs a beautiful unglued island. <laughs> it's not foil though. Were there foil? Uh, did they make foil on no, I, I think didn't think so. was not foil. Okay, Dave taps. Six, four, Sphinx of Dwar Isle. And he looks at the top of his library, passes the turn. His opponent, you don't think his opponent has an answer? No, unless they do Bessel Scholar and he blocks stupidly or something. Right, basically Dave's going to have to walk into something pretty terrible. Uh, his opponent passes the turn, but does nothing. I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, I guess he played a land. I kind of missed it. Wasn't looking. Dave taps four four. Jace the Mind Sculptor. And uh, looks like he brainstorms. Okay, Dave puts his cards on top. Wish I could see Dave's hand, but I'll uh, I'll let the action happen all on the table. Dave plays a Lotus Cobra. He is currently tapped out besides his Hierarch. And he passes the turn. His opponent draws, taps a Forest, plays a Noble Hierarch. Passes the turn. Dave looks at the top of his library, untaps, draws his card, and rubs his nose. I guess that part's not important. I just got a uh, eyebrow from John Ugald. I'm not sure if that was if he liked the looks of what was in Dave's hand or or not, but uh, it's interesting to interesting to watch anyway. Dave plays a Misty Rainforest, adding a green to his pool with Lotus Cobra. Taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. A total of eight and hardcasts a Eldrazi Conscription on his Lotus Cobra. Swings with the Lotus Cobra. And his opponent, uh, Annihilator Triggers, sacrifices two lands and does not block. Goes to six. He forgot to use his Jace the Mind Sculptor, but I don't know if that's uh, I don't know how much of a problem that is because Dave looks to be in a pretty strong position right now. Uh, his opponent plays a Knight of the Reliquary, and it looks like one, two. Well, he sacked two lands to the Annihilator trigger, so there's at least two lands in the graveyard, maybe a third. I'm having trouble seeing because his opponent leaned over. From my point of view, he's blocking his graveyard. I think I see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just two lands in the graveyard. Dave goes to three after an attack from a Bloodbraid Elf. Um, Dave's turn now. Dave swings with the Lotus Cobra and Path to Exile comes out of his opponent's hand for the Cobra. Removing it from the game and Dave searching up a basic land, hopefully. And he chooses a forest. 
Dave just really misplayed. Um, he could have just attacked with the Sphinx, which he cannot answer because of Shroud. With Exalted Trigger, with six damage was exactly enough. Yeah. Like, uh, that gave him no outs. Yeah, and uh, he missed it. He didn't use Jace last turn. No way. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe he's getting nervous with us podcasting over here. I don't know. There's some sort of discussion going on now. Let me see. Okay. There's some dispute about a possible Sejiri step. Uh, that came into play to give the Lotus Cobra protection. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I missed the Sejiri step coming into play, so I'm not sure what happened. Dave is making an argument for backing up to before combat, or, or if, if that is what should happen then that will give him an opportunity to attack with the Sphinx, I, I believe. I guess we're going to see what happens. Okay, here's what happened. Dave tapped the Lotus Cobra with the Eldrazi Conscription, uh, you know, declaring an attack. His opponent played Path to Exile without sacrificing anything to the Annihilator triggers. Dave was under the impression that he was pathing before attackers were declared. So it looks like his opponent is going to have to sacrifice to the Annihilator trigger. So that is how the judge resolved it. So it looks like two more lands went down. He uses Jace to bounce the Knight of the Reliquary and passes the turn. His opponent cracks a fetch land, putting himself at five life. Uh, gets a planes, so he plays and cracks a fetch land, probably adding mana with the Lotus Cobra. I can't can't really hear. Um, okay, so it looks like he just played a Knight of the Reliquary and a Birch of Paradise. Okay, so it looks like Dave should be able to. Use Jace to bounce the Bird of Paradise and then swing with... Okay, he missed that one too. Oh, God. He totally could have bounced the Bird with Jace and then attacked. I don't know how he's not seeing this stuff. Uh, but he uses Jace to bounce the Knight yet again and passes the turn. Wow. Looks like, uh... <laughs> okay, Dave, looks like Dave won. Oh, excuse me? Looks like Dave won, and, uh... <laughs> and he's saying he's very bad at magic. <laughs> so that was, that was 2-0. They're telling him attacking with the Sphinx would have won him the game last turn. So, anyway, we'll talk to Dave after this. He's, uh... <laughs> I think he was under a lot of pressure because there was a heck of a crowd around him. So um, hopefully that picked up, you know, my audio picked up, but uh, some interesting content from the top tables. I guess that makes Dave now 7-1. and one. Um, He only lost to a mirror match from what I understand. So uh, pretty interesting. We didn't see anything uh, particularly different about Dave's list in that particular match. Uh, I don't know if that he's playing anything all that crazy, but uh, I think the numbers are skewed. I'll have to talk to him, or he'll be on later, and 
and uh, he can explain what actually uh, what actually went on. So, all right, we're back here with uh, we're here with John Medina doing the pack to power as we speak right now with a guy who you may know, Big Head Joe is uh, is basically raping his own binder. <laughs> so, I'm so good at trading. People rape their own binders. I don't even have to do it anymore. <laughs> so Joe, out of uh, the Pack to Power binder, Joe pulled out a Malakir Bloodwitch, a Vampire Nighthawk, and a uh, full art Zendikar Island number 234, I believe is the number. You know it's 234. It is 234. Of course. My favorite one, John Avon artwork. Uh, and so that's what Joe wants from John. Now... John, apparently from Joe, wants a transcendent master <laughs> and something else. Joe, Joe is still oh, looking Joe's through his binder. <laughs> Basically, uh, Joe is skewing the pack to power right now. <laughs> right, it's a, a foil Bloodbraid Elf FNM. Wow. Whoa. And he's still looking. He's still paging through his binder. He he's, looks like he's trying to decide whether or not to give him a sphinx bone wand I'm not sure <laughs> what is this oh, he just and he adds a Rafik of the many to the trade okay so yes so so Lloyd Lloyd says Joe are you out of your mind <laughs> I'm totally serious dude that I mean we're talking like an island a regular Empire High Nighthawk and a Malfrey Bubblish and so right, these are all non-foils that Joe's trading non-foils, for non-foils everybody non-foils non-alternate art non-extended art none of that stuff you're right there aren't, there aren't enough foils in there yeah Joe okay oh, so wow. what, did, what did you say I said that you're right there aren't enough foils yeah, in the pile so, so I added a foil wall of reverence wow what's up there that's a foil wall of reverence a foil FNM promo blood red elf a Rafika the many and a transcendent master for a Malakir Bloodwitch, a Vampire Nighthawk, and an island. Number 234 is Endicar. Get out your camera. I don't know, man. I think I need something on top. It, feels, <laughs> it feels a little bit uneven here. Like Maybe something small. Let me see. Let me see. Give him half of a bestial menace. I'm in the jungle, homie. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what, what did Joe just pull out? I just pulled out my signed, altered, Ken Nagel uh, bestial menace. Wow. wow. Okay, I think I think we could do this. I think this is good. <laughs> All right. Getting out the pro BlackBerry camera right here. Dude, this camera sucks so bad. I can take a picture with my iPhone too. Yeah, maybe do I, that because the resolution too. will I'll be better. You, I'll, you use that. You take one, and I'll take one. All right. I'm going on the other side of the table. Okay. I'm gonna do that too. Wow. So there you go. You're hearing live a pack to power trade. Well, live for us. But anyway, uh, for more more pack to power, you can check Mananation.com. Make sure you get a close up of that bestial menace too. I'm going to. That is the. That's, that's, so yes, that's the centerpiece. Space of out. So that's, that's sentimental like, value right there, man. That is sentimental value right there. I appreciate your support. That's pretty nuts. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> Well, I actually have to put my stuff on the other side. That's what Trick Jared says. Put your stuff on the left, or he gets all pissed off at me. <laughs> oh, dude, you better edit that out. <laughs> no, I'll leave it. I don't even think he listens. <laughs> and if he does, then, hey, Trick, uh, you know, let us know that you heard this. What <laughs> 
All right. Oh, did you want to get a picture of your iPhone? Yeah, yeah, leave it out. I'm gonna. Uh, do you, you want to talk about your tournament experience while I take a picture? You can do that. Oh, yeah, sure. I have my, my iPhone. So here I am with Funky J Medina in the flesh. What's up, yo, MTG Taps? So, um, how, uh, how are you doing right now in the tournament? I have dropped from the tournament. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. <laughs> well, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were uh, saying all kinds of stuff on uh, Twitter about, about stomping everybody's ass and, <laughs> and, and, and taking no prisoners and whatever that stuff was. Well, what happened with that? Yeah, I went 5-0 drop. I was just tired of beating the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting bored of all the winning that I was doing, so... Uh, I realize that even if I win this tournament, it's not going to be as much money as I'm going to make just trading on the floor here, so I'm just like, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm going to trade. I'm going to cast with the UMTG Taps guys. You know, I'm just going to chill out. For sure, and I just whipped myself off really bad, but you know what? <laughs> it's, for, it's for a good cause. Well, the thing is, well, well, first of all, it's for a good cause. It's for the pack to power. Second of all... I like when people go, oh, you're cheating, you're doing all this stuff. So you can't blame anyone else. But you. But me. Yeah. Because I said, you didn't look at my binder. You didn't pull a damn thing out. This is what I pulled out <laughs> and showed you for these cards. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. And I'm I, fine with it, too. I mean, it's, it's all about value. <laughs> I'm fine with it, too. <laughs> I'm not even going to put this in the Pact of Power binder. I'm going to go put that straight in my trade binder. Hey, no, I, 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 hey, that wasn't part of the deal. No, this is Pact of Power. Thanks for the 40 bucks, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> Vendors, hey, you guys buying four-wall reference? Excellent. Excellent. Man, that's, so, that's what I've been doing. I've been trading from the Pact of Power binder, but just putting it all in my collection. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> trades, trades 13 through something. I don't know. <laughs> it, went, it was some cards and like, you know, I was like, oh, hey, you're really helping me out here, guy. And Thank I just you so much. <laughs> and then he did it eBay. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So um, so pack. So how do you feel? I mean, when when is your deadline for pack to power? I, I don't really know, but it's coming up. September was. Is it September? Yeah. I don't know. It's you a, Dude, you're putting me on the spot here. I don't have any cue cards or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely in September. Sweet, and uh, you better be right, dude. <laughs> you think you're uh, you think you're gonna get there? Uh, if I if I get off my ass and do some trading today, I might get there. But I think I'm just gonna hang out with you guys, so probably not. <laughs> you should you should definitely get it done because um, uh, if you don't if you don't make it. I want my cards back. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely some incentive. Hey, no, I'm kidding. I'm going to finish up a trade. i got a bunch of foils on the table over here. Oh, yeah. And um, and I'll be right back with you guys. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. we got John Medina signing off. Yo, I'm TG Taps. Making the, cards. making the big trades. Shaking on it. Making Woo! it official. Enjoy your new toys. Thank you. Yeah.